Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it with, you made it with, you made it with. What's up, weirdos? This is uh, this is an exciting episode. I always love doing episodes with people that I've uh, that I am good friends with, and Patrick Walsh is one of my it's one of my closest and best friends. And he and I got to write on a television show together. So he came in, one of the most interesting guys I know, one of the most interesting stories I know, and one of the funniest people that I absolutely know, hands down. Patrick Walsh, he's here. We talk about getting into television writing. We talk about getting into comedy. We talk about being in New York. This guy has things happen to him. We also explain some very, very funny, hopefully, uh, personal jokes that he and I have enjoyed for the past couple of years, and I hope that now you will get to enjoy them. Let me know. Go to Facebook.com, regular slash You Made It Weird. Post your favorite moments. We're going to be giving away some shirts once we got those made, which should be, hopefully, by the time this episode comes up, that the shirts will be available. Uh, email the show, weird at nerdist.com. Watch Ugly Americans Wednesday nights. I'm playing that for Comedy Central. I love the show. I'm on the show, but I'm also playing that because I want you to watch it. Uh, live dates are on PeteHolmes.com. Also on my Twitter, Pete Holmes with a Z. The show is brought to you by Amazon. Go to nerdist.com. Click on the banner. So much, so much lip smacking at this moment. Don't I realize a lot of people are, a lot of people are going to hear this. Hey Pete, cool with the lip smacking. Anyway. Go to Nerdist.com. There's an Amazon banner on this uh, episode. Click on that and shop as you normally would. That is a fun and direct way to uh, support this show if you enjoy it, if you nasty. Uh, I can literally, I'm recording this in my uh, the bedroom that I stay in with my parents and I can hear them coming home. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up right now. There they are. Oh, Lord. Someone's texting me. I got to go, guys. Enjoy the episode, you weirdos. I sure did. Kansies on. Okay. I feel like we haven't done one in a while. I feel like we haven't done an episode in a while. <laughs> I'm putting it on airplane mode, lest we be disturbed. I'm going off. Off. Respect. Every time I'm on an airplane, uh, it's different airlines. Uh, Virgin uh, America is very cool, and they'll just be like, "Put your air- put it on airplane mode." Like they know the deal. Right. And if you fly like American, one of these like older airlines, they're like, "Not airplane mode." A black screen. <laughs> like, they're really, like... Isn't that the point of airplane mode? I, what, exactly. They're going toe-to-toe with Apple on technology. I feel like right. t- Apple knows what airplane mode is. Yeah. It's called airplane mode. Yeah. And the screen is black. I don't even, I don't even turn my... I, I, I do put on airplane mode, but I don't turn it off. Fuck you. Off. You want it off? I'm going to be listening to music in 10 minutes. I'm not going to be rebooting sure. my phone for you. Does the airplane mode keep it from crashing, or what is the point of it? Even? I talked to a pilot once. I'm glad this is coming up. I'm actually, I'm very it, glad it's coming up. I think everyone's glad this is coming up. Because <laughs> this, is, this is terrific conversation. <laughs> I was in like a shuttle from a uh, rental car place. Yep. Oh, man, so much mucus. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm in a shuttle, and I'm going to get on a plane, and I'm with a pilot. Yeah. And I'm a curious person. Sure. I'm inquisitive. Yeah. I like questions. I like talking to people with the no. Yeah. Not in the no, with the no. <laughs> yeah, sure. So I'm like, sir, you're a pilot. And pilots, look, I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush, but this pilot was a douche. Okay. Like a, like a, I'm a, I'm better than you because I navigate things in the sky. Yeah. Well, he is, but okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess. <laughs> can I he, can, can he tell a joke? You know. No, he can't. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Let a joke take you to Kentucky. Why am I rebutting? Can you, can for you do him? a ten minute pointless riff on airplane mode? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck no, he can't. No, okay. this is going somewhere. All right, sure. I asked him. I said, "Look, be straight with me." It was it was me and him in this van, and I was like, "Please just tell me." Is putting turning off electrical devices at the beginning of the flight is that bullshit? Just tell me if it's bullshit. This is this is your time to tell me it's bullshit. Sure. I, he didn't know I was a comedian or any sort of you know that I was going to tell people on a podcast. This was years ago, and he was like, "No, absolutely not. It's a FDA record." Like he towed the line so, cl- and I was like, "Come on, come on, really, come on." And he was humorless, and he was like, "The reason is they don't know the number, like the, the random combination of electrical devices that could cause a malfunction Shouldn't on an they? airplane." It's, it's think, I guess it's millions and millions and millions and millions. I mean, like one iPhone on a laptop on a iPhone. It's like, but like you can't control it, right? My I, my laptop is often on in my bag, and I don't realize until I've landed. Sure. Look, I've bored myself. With this. <laughs> <laughs> I am so sorry. No, it's okay. I thought you were going to reveal something about the no. Industry. I wish that he had been like, look. If it's a BlackBerry, turn it off. But yeah, if it's yeah, an yeah. iPhone, it actually helps the plane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up there talking to my wife most flights, to be honest with you. <laughs> Got her on speaker. Uh, this is the voice of, not my voice, but the other voice is Patrick Walsh. Hey. One of my best friends. One of my very best friends. One Pete. of my very best friends. Just bought me a coffee. So. I bought you a coffee, and you said, if they have it, if they have low-fat milk, I'll take it. Otherwise, black, and I bought you a little thing of Aladino. He comes in with a little thing of milk. A little thing of milk. That's I'm the not kind of here, friend he is. I'm not here to make you uncomfortable. No. no. I'm not here to challenge you. Well, you, you can challenge me. That's I the point challenge of you. <laughs> no, I don't know what I mean by that. I mean, like, you were like, oh, I wonder if we'll be able to get our, 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 our famous Walsh Holmes chemistry sure. on the air. And then to that I say, this isn't a challenge. This is an invitation. We well, don't yeah, give even, a fuck. Even listening to the show, I pictured, like, p- people in couches having a chat. And, like, we are in headphones and microphones, and it is an adjustment to make to be isn't casual. That interesting? Right? Yeah. Is that how you pictured it? I did. It seemed like a very loose, casual conversation. The first one of the first podcasts that I ever did was uh, Jimmy Pardo's Never Not Funny. Hilarious. Man. And uh, yes, you told me that you were listening to it. This yep. was back when we were doing Outsource. Out- out- smash it, take- NBC hit. Outsource. Smash NBC hit Outsource. That's how Patrick and I know each other. We wrote for that show. So if you're yep. playing the You Made It Weird drinking game, I just referenced a show I write for, so you have to take a drink. <laughs> so that? during that time, I did uh, Pardo's show, and I thought it was like in a, like a beautiful walnut booth. You know yeah, what I mean? Like I sure. pictured it looking like Stern. You know what sure. I mean? Like, and and the producer was behind glass and stuff. Now you see what it is. We're just in a fucking room. Yeah. And Katie's right there. Katie, good to see you. She's. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a Mars Attacks alien in the corner. Yeah, we got a Mars Attacks. I'm gonna bring one of my paintings in. My at tat. I should have done that today. Sure. Fuck everything. <laughs> It doesn't. It doesn't matter. I think uh, your own podcast that you're hosting. We might not need to also look at your artwork, Pete. You, uh, <laughs> no, nope, never enough me. Look, there's a poster of my album. poster of Pete. In there's the a poster of me sure, right there. Sure. And uh, if if I had my way, there'd just be a huge frame headshot of me <laughs> over my right shoulder. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So you don't forget who's in charge. No, I, how could I? Uh, well, uh, I was thinking in yes. the shower on the way over here about how we met uh, on Outsource, and it was. Yes. I remember one of the first things I said was, "This looks like an AA meeting." The meeting, the, the, sh- the show. Oh God, it was such an the eclectic, most eclectic group of characters. There's like motley, eighteen writers, eighteen, half of them Indian, which is great. Nah, sh- no judgment, just sh- a, they should have been. It's a note. It's, it's a, a show note. about Indians. It's right. about Indians. Uh, but we walk in, and I immediately get 
extremely anxious and nervous about meeting people and I'm going to be working with them for a year and I don't want to hate yes, them or whatever. Yes. And me and you kind of said hello and it was just the same as every other hello. Well, we, we, we were in the room and I remember looking at you and I was cracking up because yeah. you looked like a bored Pixar character. <laughs> like if if, well, like, you, if a deaf person had, like, I don't know why it's a deaf person, but I just meant like if you're teaching a baby how to uh, identify faces, yeah. yours would be the poster of bored. <laughs> you looked yeah. epically bored in a right. black hole of bored yeah. as the showrunners describing the show you looked like hungover sweaty and bored people always t- i was probably hungover people always tell me i look uh bored or, or standoffish or they don't want to approach me and say and it's really yes. i can't help it i mean o- often i am you default to this face i guess so i get that too people are often like did you get bad news today and i'm yeah. like oh i'm sorry i just forgot to put a face on <laughs> right let me choose one of my faces i didn't know i had to grin ear to ear to be lectured by uh, my new boss for five minutes yes you know? but you you weren't looking at him you were, <laughs> you were staring i remember the first time i saw you because yeah. i was literally looking at you and laughing. Yes. I was also alone, nervous, right, right. new people, and I found uh, refuge in looking and, and laughing at you. Yeah, well, then you told me, we all went to lunch, and you told me that I looked like Mr. Incredible yeah. from The Incredibles, yeah. which no one ever said. I, it was so flattering to me, even though he's, now that I look at him, he's not a great-looking person. No, he's a good-looking guy. <laughs> yeah, but you said a you know, strong chin, and you yeah, very yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was If so... you had one of those black masks on, I could see it. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I don't I don't. It was very flattering uh, that I looked like a superhero. That, yeah. That you thought that, but... We, within maybe an hour, were like best of friends. Yes. And uh, I don't know if that's just you or not, because I don't have that with anyone that I just meet. I, yeah, it takes no, a long no, no. time for me. That's not me. That's not really me. I think yeah. people might think that's me. But uh, yeah, no, it's rare. It's rare. I also, we, I thought you were going to tell this story, because when I first met you, we were walking to an Indian restaurant. How fucking, <laughs> how fucking obvious are we going to be? Yep. By the way, the whole time at Outsource, I thought they were going to like teach us about India. Sure. We would have Indian food. would sure. like watch a film. Yeah. I thought, I honestly, I was like, we're writing a show that takes place in India. I bet there's going to be like a crash course on India. No. Yeah. We just played Spin the Indian Holiday Wheel and then wrote three episodes about each other. But, uh, and then it was just any show, but it, I mean, like, I'm not shitting on the show. No. But it wasn't necessarily, a, you didn't really learn a lot about India from yeah. watching the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You learned about as much as some writers who occasionally Googled something. Sure. And one or two Indian people on the but staff. But then it's not National Geographic. Absolutely. It's NBC. Granted, more people watch National Geographic than NBC. <laughs> but that's what I learned. That's yeah. what I learned. It's television. It's comedy. Sure. The people in it were like, yeah, it's in India, but what are we going to teach them? Urdu? Urdu. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hindi. So you, you, oh, I, I, this, you got one sentence into the story and, and then off. But we were walking to an Indian restaurant. Yes. I don't even know where this is going. And I, I thought was there. you were going to tell this story because I said to you, I was like, you know, when you meet people, yeah. uh, you often forget these moments. They're very dull. Sure. So, and I said to you, I was like, so if I wanted to make you remember meeting me, uh-huh. I would say the N-word right now. Yeah. Because it would change your body chemistry. Like adrenaline yes. would rush into you. And yeah. you would you would remember it like a traumatic event, the time that that huge man said the N-word on the street casually. Now, I didn't do it, but I did tell you that principle. Even telling me that principle uh, kind of jolted me because yeah. because I'm like, I just met this person who's yes. t- uh, second sentence discussing the N-word. Yes. So maybe he's a racist. I it, have no idea. Ah, you don't know. But also even just doing it now. It's such a touchy subject that yeah. like right now we're kind of in a car that's not a, not an accident, but yeah. we just pulled away from an accident. It you raises know what I mean? the old core temp. Yeah. yeah. My, my arms... It, I'm just kind of like, ooh, ooh, we're in a yeah. dangerous place, I'm and now I'll remember this. Yes. Whereas opposed, if we just kept talking about outsourced, I'd forget it immediately. Yes. <laughs> well, what I was laughing about is that day one, I thought we were all going to get fired. So my best Why? friends in the show were me, you, and oh, then right. my writing partner, and yep. then two other dudes our age. And 
the, our first assignment on this new show, it's a new job. Uh, I've been writing for It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia for a couple yep. of years. Yep. This was a new thing for me. And I go in and they send us off in our own room. Like yeah. the, the young guys all go into this room by ourselves. They shut the door and he said, I want you guys to write promos yes. for the show. And we yes. were like, well, that's kind of a cool assignment. <laughs> and he goes, uh, so anyway, uh, Tom Cruise is going to be doing our I'll promos. I'll never forget this. And we're like, what the fuck are you talking about? It was just busy work. He said Tom Cruise will be doing promos for Outsourced. And yeah. he's, uh, his hairdresser uh, showed, showed him, him the clip the, of Outsourced. The, the promo or the pilot. Yeah. He loved it. He wants to do promos. And then like write about 100 of them and give them to me at the end of the day tomorrow. Yes. Shut the door. I'm like, is this for this real? This is day one. This is day one. This is day one. And no one talked to us. We were in this room by ourselves. right? And that seems like a fake assignment to me. We were like yeah. – and then trying to come up with things Tom Cruise would say about Outsource. Like, yeah. Uh, show me the in- show me the India, <laughs> you know. They were all so stupid, and we knew it would never come to fruition. It's a weird type of work. I'd actually like to point that out because sometimes people, I think, think maybe writing for television is super luxurious or whatever. It's just like any job where you yes. get an assignment from time to time from your boss where you're like, I think this is just because he doesn't know what to do with us today. Yes. Right. It's like a teacher showing you a movie or something. Right. Maybe they're hungover. He had something better to do, so he took the young guys and made us write promos. But day one everyone should know their role and like, you know, everyone should know what's going on and everything. And we felt very confused. And I, I made that joke that we're going to open up the shades in here and realize we're being carried <laughs> by a truck down the highway. Like there's a, a truck just carting our office. <laughs> they put us in a room, the promo room. And then we hear the distinct sound of a semi starting. Yeah. Then we just get dumped off a cliff and we're dead. I don't know why they would have to kill us. They could just fire us. But it, and then, but immediately in that room, uh, that, that, and I, I saw you do a stand-up show the other night, and you told a story. And why I'm feeling a little reminiscent is that you told the same story you told the first day I met you, and it was kind of a uh, what uh, story? The story you told on stage the other night, the uh, massage, oh, massage, the massage parlor. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, I told a story. And we were all telling stories, and we were laughing so hard that day, we, like weeping, sobbing. Weeping. And I don't laugh like that. Ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we do that from time to time. We do. But, you and I, I mean, that's a special friendship. Overweight Asian on the background vocals. <laughs> that, I was. Thinking, <laughs> I don't know if these will carry across, but that, that example. Me and Pete were watching the Grammys. Maybe, the Grammys, so? yeah. And I think it was Lincoln Park is performing, <laughs> and they had they had an an overweight Asian singing singing backup, and out of nowhere, you sang to the tune of the song. To the tune song. of the song, I was going. I'm just an overweight Asian on the background vocals. <laughs> and we did it the entire song. If I may, I'll correct you a little bit because it was yeah. better what you oh, actually okay, did. Right. You, they cut, they had, you saw the overweight Asian on the background vocals <laughs> as part of the ensemble. Yeah, yeah. And then you were singing an overweight Asian on the background vocals. That's yeah. an A-plus joke. That's a great joke. <laughs> but then when it cut to a close-up of him, yeah. serendipitous, a tight one yeah, of yeah, the yeah. overweight Asian, you change the pronoun to I'm just a noble weight Asian on the yeah, well, and my brain well melted. that was his moment to shine and he cha- and he was like he knew the camera was on him and he went right. I'm just an over he wasn't saying that at sure. all sure I lost it I, there's a photo of us laughing at that there is and I look at that photo and I wonder if I'll ever know joy like that again it's because pure, I don't laugh like that it's un- like my gut is out you yeah. know what I mean like you've left your body right like that, there's no composition to it there was a period and now you know people get busy and things at the time we were both we were we were double dating a lot. Yeah, our, we were double our, date friends. Our girlfriends became friends, and we ex-girlfriends now, both. 
uh, we started uh, hanging out constantly, and almost yeah. every time we hung out was like that. Yes, we screaming, laughing. We, we all had a night. really good run, and, and it, it started day one at Outsource. It did. And it started. With, I remember that truck joke. I'm so grateful that that now exists, <laughs> recorded forever. Yeah. That's such a gift to me that yeah. that exists. I'll be an old man and I'll re-listen yeah. to this, and I will re-laugh at a joke that was made on the first day of Outsource. The truck. You also. What were you going to say something before I changed the subject? Well, slightly? no. The, the, the end of the story is, of, of course, Tom Cruise never did those of promos, course, and yes, it was a wasted course. two days of work. But go ahead. Oh God, that was brutal. Yeah, that was my first writing job, and I was really like, "What's it going to be like?" I mean, yes. well, they split us up too. That's what yeah. really sucked. Yeah, is that we were having the best time, at, but we were laughing to the point your laugh is yep. far louder than mine. Yes, it's a uh, it's a thing. It's actually pretty off putting to most people. <laughs> But uh, that's a real model. In an office, in an office, in an, yeah, office in an office setting. I don't belong indoors, really. No. Now, for me, if I'm if I'm ever running a show someday, uh, I would want everyone to be laughing that hard because the Why show's going to be funny. Wouldn't you? But we were separated almost immediately. We it, were split. It was a two room show, and they separated us like we were five year old kids. Yeah, you were in another room, and. I I yearned for I did, to be I yearned, back with you well, every day. Well, I remember those first couple of weeks. This is so. This is this is just buttering bread. We're just buttering each other's bread, <laughs> sure. which is totally fine. I love it. It's part of the show. You're a delight, and I want to celebrate that. Thanks, but I but we would laugh, and every day I would come home and I would explain to to my now ex girlfriend, yeah. who was our gr- couple friends. Sure. I was like, I I'm in heaven. Like yeah. I'm in the happiest place I was ever the same because thing. I would weep with laughter every day and get a big check for it. Not a you it, know no not a huge check, but you know a decent okay. check. Yeah, sure, a decent check to laugh all day, and <laughs> but, then and then they split us up. Yeah, and then I was like, I'm not laughing anymore. But then, and this is another. It was thing, sad. This is another thing that would annoy most people, but that I love about you is that uh, me and my writing partner Sonny shared an office, and yes. you did not have an office. You had yes. a desk out in the open. I was in the bullpen, and. Uh, from from day one, without ever asking if it was cool, you were in our office. It's a, it's <laughs> to be honest. To be honest, it was a one person office being shared by two and a giant man uh, <laughs> imposing a third. Yeah. So the now, name of my new book. A little, a little more backstory is that Sunny and I uh, we left when we when we left Always Sunny. We were given a deal at NBC Universal, and that deal was we would be put on a show. Yes. In this case, they chose Outsource. We didn't even really have a say, but I'm glad it happened. <laughs> and then we were also going to write a pilot for them. Mm-hmm. So our, that deal, basically, any free time we had on the show, we were to be writing this pilot. No, nobody's yeah. monitoring yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was kind of, to me, it's like the old like Billy Wilder days of like Hollywood, where yes. I was like, this is going to be great. Like yes. We're like under assignment. It's great. Yes. So we're writing this pilot, and you knew full well that we're sitting in there trying to do work. <laughs> And you would come in, and the, and what annoyed me is that I wanted to be doing that with you so much more than yes, my work. of course, of course. So I would get so easily distracted. I could have been a really good friend and be like, look, I know we're friends. You'd like to hang out with me, but yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the bigger person. I'll be the better person. Yes. I won't come in your office during lunch. But every lunch I was on that couch. <laughs> you, you never once said in a year. Yes. Hey, am I bothering you guys? No. Nope. <laughs> it never was mentioned. Because there were too many tears of laughter it's saying, true. yes, yes, but stay the, with us, The please. only awkwardness we've ever shared, it's and so it was funny. like, it was maybe an hour's worth of awkwardness, yes. uh, was when we're down to like the month left mark. And, we and get, you said, we, we, we need you to get out of here. And I'm in there talking with Sonny, and I'm like, yeah. it's so weird because Pete is like one of my dearest friends in the world, but we have to tell him he can't come in here. Yeah, lunch. yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's like a type of breakup. 
It was. You have to tell. You know what? I, I, I'm like a stray cat. Yeah. And I kept coming in. <laughs> yeah. And I eat. Well, but no, the, cat, a, the cat's kind of funny. Dog a big Yeah, well. Because you also got it. your feelings hurt. Cats don't get their feelings right, hurt. Right, right. I'm a golden retriever. This right. comes up all the time. Yeah, so yeah, this yeah. golden retriever, he doesn't know. He's not thinking. He's just like, when I go in there, yeah. their faces light up and we laugh and it's laugh. True. And I do tricks. And yeah. you're like, look at his tricks. I break dance. <laughs> well, well me, we used to laugh so hard because we'd come into our office in the morning and each day... There, you had brought some new things in there, like yes. like you, like a potted plant, like yes. things you were bringing into our office. <laughs> and at some point, you had so much more in the office than we did. And I walked in one one morning, and you must have had forty fucking Amazon packages piled high on my desk, <laughs> all addressed to just, Pete Holmes. Just put them in Patrick's office. He'll he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Piled high on my desk. I am so my father's son. I just don't. Yeah. think sometimes and you're the only person in the world that I wouldn't just be like get your fucking box I used, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, used, yeah, yeah. I used to passively aggressively dig yes, at you yes, like yes. I'm doing right now but you're not the kind of person that, ta- that suffers fools really no you don't I don't so it's it's kind of a very nice compliment that you allowed that to happen well but because that, that we had office, so much fun that office was a magical magical time because it's all we had look yeah. I'm not here to say that we were unhappy on outsource but we did work hard and we were separated sure so we went we had the utopia of together and yeah. writing and laughing and then we went to like okay now we're, we're making television right, right right which is fine it's also a good thing but then the office became our lunch thing yeah it became our venting thing we talked sure. shit yes. about the other people on staff <laughs> yes. it was a delight which everyone does they everyone talk, and, does and you know what you know they were all talking shit about how hard we were screaming laughing of in there course. disrupting their day please of I, course i would agree if they were like this fucking pete guy's like a it was fucking insane. idiot it i'd was be insane. like i know what am yeah. i doing here <laughs> but that that day i told you pete uh you know you can't Come in here, and I'm sorry. Yes. And I think I might have texted you because that's how bad I am at yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, confronting someone I, I care about. I'm just I, like, yeah. I was like, you know, but we got two weeks to finish this pilot, yeah. and please tomorrow. And you came in, and you were like, hey, I know you asked that I don't come in the office, but like, it's cool if I just like sleep in here, right? <laughs> I'm being told this story. No memory of how it ended. I hope I was hoping it was that so I insane. came into the office and was like, "I'm so sorry. I just want you to know. I completely no. understand." Instead, I was like, "Is it cool Quite if I the crash? Opposite. If I crash?" No, I'm sure I still. And have, you let me. I remember I did, now. You but I'm let sure me. I still have the text. But you wrote me back and you're like, "Patty, so sorry. Of course, of course, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll stay yeah, out. Yeah. You guys do your work." And then you came in, kind of hangdog and. Hey, you mind if I just sleep on the couch? I was so and, tired. And then, Pete, you, you laid down on the couch, and within 30 seconds, you're Story. doing bits. You're no, doing bits. no, no, no. We, we calmed no, it down, no. and by the end of the year, we got it under control. Yeah. But you, can, you can't. You no. just can't. Be, it's, and it is very dog-like. I, yes, I am. You yes. can't stop. I can't help myself. Right. I can't help myself. Right. Which actually goes back to, like, it's funny that you say that, right? Yeah. And then other people that know me and meet me will be like, I thought you were like a guy who can't stop, and, I'm, and uh, I seem depressed. That goes back to the, like, sure. hey, tell your face. Like, aren't you that Pete guy that, like, can't yeah, stop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only with people that I'm, like, truly yeah. energized Well, by. and we were... Every day, very excited. Like that, it, it got me really excited to go to work because of yeah. how much fun we had. And I was thinking today about because we we do these bits, we text each other these bits. I, yes. they're one of the only things I can think of and just laugh. Yes, but they're so weird. Much, yes. much like over, overweight Asian on the back of the boat. Like if you much like overweight Asian. <laughs> if you text me, if you text me O A O T B G V, I'm laughing for five minutes. Yeah, we abbreviate it. We but we're sitting in there and it's a whole vernacular. It's yes. a magical book of things right. you can text me yes. and I laugh. 
And the, the greatest of all, and I re- we realized, we talked about it near the end, is that both of us realized we were kind of going insane in this yes, job. Yes, And yes, you do yes. with any writing job because th- – so think of your shit job. I've worked shit jobs my whole life. This yep. is to the I hope we listen. get into that. Uh, we will. We Sure, if you want. Yeah. Uh, but you work these shit jobs and w- what makes them sort of bearable is you can surf the internet and you're, you don't have to put any effort into them at all really. You're just kind of waiting for the end of the day. Yeah. A writing job, you are forced to be really funny yes. from 10 a.m. to yes. sometimes 10 p.m. And everyone can tell if you're not working. If you check out. If it's you like, check out, yeah. everyone knows. And yeah. it's an environment full of sarcastic, funny people that will make fun of you yes. for like, oh, Pete's taking a break or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You haven't said anything for a while, huh, fatty? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Cracking wet, wet uh, towels I'm, at me. I'm sorry I said that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so uh, hard. It's exhausting in a way. It's. I guess it might be similar to like working for UPS, moving boxes all day. Sure. You can tell if you're not doing it. Yes. And similar. I, you know, like I, I, I recently went through a breakup and I was worthless for two weeks at work because my yeah. mind was elsewhere. Well, you know, that's what I was going to say was magic about that office. Without getting too into the details, yeah. what was amazing was every morning, it was this kind of beautiful man. Zone that office. Really I'm was, talking about I, your office, yes. me, you, and Sunny. Right. Every morning, I would come in and vent about if something had happened well, in my relationship. I'd vent about it only not because I like just like airing my dirty laundry. Yeah. You guys are my good friends, and I have to. Yes. I have to say it. <laughs> I have yeah. to say it. I can't be pitching Rajiv jokes <laughs> while the whole time I'm like, last night yeah. she got mad at me yeah, yeah, yeah. because I didn't whatever. Well, it was every morning. And it, 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 <clears throat> by, by the end, because we were going insane with the job. And yes. to go insane, you start to kind of like I, I – I hum the same line of a song over and over in my head. Yes. You're doing little coping mechanisms all yes. the time. Type of OCD. Uh, I do have a type of anxiety, OCD, all that shit. Yeah. And but you and Sonny would come in every morning, well, slam the door. Yeah. And do some of the most hostile venting I've ever heard. And the most Sonny's, and I think my own, very funny. Real funny. Really funny. You, you guys in those modes are, are at your funny, complaining yeah. about things. Angry. You don't and see it every day. I'm no. closing the door and, yeah. and and Sonny's closing the door. We're both nice people. Yes. Hearing fucking Mel Gibson level type shit. Well, like those Mel Gibson, shit. Those Mel Gibson and tapes came out. came out during and both of you were like, I totally get it. Yeah! <laughs> you were like, I, I, I get it, Mel. I get it. Meanwhile, I, I I just want to go on the record. I don't get it. Not the racism part. But no, the, not the racism. And, and, just the and, just the forcing a woman to fillet you part. Oh my god! No, not I true do either. not agree. Not true with either. That. I do not agree either. with that. Not what true it either. is is that's not true. Listen, if I'm just you're joking. if you're in a bad place and you hear someone else in a bad place, you're just both wrong. Like I was, I was like in a bad place. You were Mel Gibson was in a bad place. Neither I, one of you were wrong. You were in bad relationships, and the girls probably vented to their friends as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I, I do remember that Mel Gibson being like, "I get it," and everyone sure. was like, "You're a monster," and I was like, eh. <laughs> "Well," and that was also an office full of people in like crumbling marriages, and it was like people were. I don't want to name names or anything. Well, but that people, was people that, had some can problems. We, can we I want to get into all of this. Can't get a piece, but. There was a guy there uh, who was, a, is, in my opinion, an extremely funny man. Yes. And his whole his whole stand-up spe- – I watched his hour, 90-minute yes. stand-up yes. special. I hate my wife. It might as well have been called I Hate, I hate my, my Wife. wife. <laughs> it was 90 minutes of yeah. I Hate My Wife. And then you meet him and it's like, oh, I, I bet they really love each other. And he, and he – nope, nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I'm sure they had good moments and stuff. But he would come in in the morning and he – we did it in our <laughs> office, complained. Yes. Uh, he would come in and sometimes slam the door and, and just – Unleash, yeah, and I, th- I believe you're the one who came up with it. But it was—he, I think he was telling a story. I think there was a time when he was telling a story. It was a guy 
who he was we talk about sad dads on the show this guy yeah. kind of had become a sad dad in the sense that like it seemed like his wife didn't really want him around anymore didn't <laughs> yeah. really give a shit about him they were having to place wagers for sex like right. like i bet this actor was in this and if 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 so you have to have sex with me right, right, he right. couldn't collect on the wager yeah not i yeah he won yeah. and then didn't get the sex right. just like a real sad dad yeah. sort of situation and then he was telling a story about like I think I really would like to know the impetus really, but it was something along the lines of I came down this morning and breakfast was gone. <laughs> like they had eaten all the breakfast. Right. That was my the two fucking kids yeah. and my stupid wife. <laughs> this is his words. Yeah. Ate the breakfast. A huge, wonderful breakfast prepared. And there isn't a crumb yes. for, for daddy. And then, so we have still been, to this day, yeah. it's one of those things that we can text, is daddy can't get a piece of French toast. Yeah. Just the idea that he was like, really? Daddy can't get a single piece? <laughs> yeah, he had a funny voice, too. And we'll, we, we, would, <laughs> we would do that bit for hours at a time. Hours? So, when we went to Vegas, we were we, in the pool. In a pool doing Just doing daddy, daddy can't get there. a piece. And I, I see you have the eggs. You got the bread. <laughs> right. You're telling me the oven's not working. The, it's it's always him in a restaurant, and there's some there's something keeping him way. from getting a delicious piece of French toast. Even and, if he goes to a restaurant, and the French toast represents happiness the that French. he couldn't find. And uh, I remember French in toast. one of the scenarios, he finally gets a delicious piece of French toast, and an eagle swoops in and takes it. <laughs> and that's where we all were. Like happiness seemed just out of reach for you, yes. for Sonny, for him, for all these guys. In fact, making fun of him, yeah. I was making fun of myself. It helped. And, it, and, it, it was my, and during it this time, it. I was preparing to move in with a girlfriend, and I was terrified because yeah. I didn't know if I could do it, and sure enough, it didn't work. But everyone is talking about these miserable, yeah. soul-draining relationships, time. and I'm going, well, I'm moving in with my girlfriend in a week. Yeah. And it was very scary for yeah. me. But I'm trying to help you guys, and I would say, like... You know they turn. They turn to me, you and Sonny, and be like, "Don't you just fuck it? Like, don't you just want to like smash her head in sometimes?" So, yeah. You know, not really. Right. And I would say we honestly don't have a crossword between us. Right. And I would. I said, you know, we're we're in our late twenties here. We're thirty. We're we're writing on a, sh- a hit show or you know, whatever. Uh, you know, we're making good money. We're successful. We're right. funny people. We're nice people. Why are you? leading these terrible, miserable lives. This is the cry of so many people. We've yeah. talked about this, yes. Daddy. We've talked about the weird feeling. I don't care what you do for a living. I think people can relate to it. It's like, this, this, and this are taken care of. Yeah. It might be, I'm healthy. Yeah. Uh, I have a good uh, family. Sure. I have a good job. Yep. And then you're like, what the fuck? Why am I miserable? Yeah. All the time. And that was a conversation we had a bunch. Not yeah. to say we were miserable all the time, but it's like, shouldn't we be happy? Yeah. Shouldn't we be happy, guys? Yes. And it was so sad because when we met and we're doing these double dates, we were the happiest people in the world. We were both in, in new yes, love. Yes, yes, Not new, just in love, but in a new, new fresh-smelling love. love. Yeah. We were double dates. So we got to not only spend time at work, but we could spend time with each other and yeah. this love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're hanging out. We're having these amazing times That together. was the best. It was the best. It was the best. But then when it started to sour, you you were so it's, – it's such a hard thing to watch a yeah. friend who is such a funny, outgoing, like life-loving person yeah. become angry. and You yeah. would go days without like telling a joke sometimes. Yeah. And I was like – I'm trying to be supportive here, but I need the old pity back. Yeah. And you don't want to be the guy who's like dumper, you know, because you don't know what goes on in a relationship. It was hard. But uh, I remember sitting in the chair and being like, also being snippy. Real, it's like, it's real like snippy. Yeah. When people get mad. Yeah. When someone's like, fucking drink your coffee, Pat. Yeah. I buy you that coffee. Drink the fucking co- I'm not. I don't care about the coffee. Right. You're I'm mad about thinking about, about what happened. Yeah. It took me so long to figure that out. Sure. I was like, why is that guy with coffee? Yeah. And now I get it. 
Well, and all these bits, this is, a, again, I was thinking back on these bits. Danny it was, it was a long a shower, I guess. Yeah, Danny can get a piece. of French towns. Danny can get a piece. <laughs> they got a song. That was yeah. a song. But all these bits, looking back, were in some way, I think, dealing with, because eventually all the relationships started going sour. Everyone on that show, all five of our close friends, ended relationships Valentine's week. Yeah. And then my girlfriend started going, well, I guess I'm next. And then yeah. that was the beginning of the end. It's that's, so weird. That's that weird, terrifying thing. I think, I don't know if it's, it might be for guys and girls, but in our situation, it was girls. All yeah. these breakups start happening. And then the, the couple friends, the, the girlfriend of the guy yeah. who's friends with the two guys that just broke up with their girlfriends, yeah. that girl then suddenly becomes very rightfully concerned sure. that her two idiot single friends are going to be like, it's the best thing I ever did, like right. drinking a keg right. like, from the keg. Girls also don't realize how hard it is for one guy to get laid. And they, you know, they think like the five of us like, took a Vegas trip. And right. Like, well, I guess you'll all be banging there because you've all been single for a week. It's yeah. Like, it's, nothing happened. No, no we played nothing blackjack. Ha- we played blackjack. Yeah, we and swam yeah, and, and did, we daddy did daddy get a piece of French toast. <laughs> That's and, what I want to do. I and want to I do was happy doing it. Face. Right. Great trip. But the the other bit that now seems like oddly like we were working through some shit, which is my favorite of all. But we started one day doing a Josh. Oh. What's the guy's name? No, uh, James Blunt. James Blunt. And uh, I started singing You're Beautiful. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. It's true. And we're doing that. And, and I then sounded like a chicken. The bit morphed into James Blunt trying to convince everyone around that he's not a chicken. Like, James <laughs> Wait, Blunt is actually yeah, yeah. a chicken. And he was like, I thought, I thought it was... Uh, he would okay. kept, he'd be singing, and then he'd be like... <laughs> 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 then... That morphed keep into rolling. that morphed into just a chicken who was a, a singing a, chicken, a fading recording artist. His career was on the decline. He had a hit. He had one hit. He had one hit called, called "Not, not Feeling It," <laughs> and it was uh, "I Am Not Feeling It." I yeah. am not feeling it. Yeah, really high. I yes. can't believe I sang that. Real hot. That was beautiful. Yeah, thank you, falsetto. And I know that's insane, but it would make us laugh so hard. And I almost threw up laughing on at many occasions. But the thing is, is like chicken is not that talented. He's a big fucking chicken that yes. can sing. He looks and he'd like be a in chicken. the booth. You're picturing it correctly, like a mascot. He's sort a of. chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's then he's real. We added other characters, like a much put upon bassist yeah. who hates Larry? the chicken. And then the ch- Larry, and Larry. The, usually one of us would play Larry, one of us would be the chicken. Larry, and we would just go right into it for an hour, an hour, and it was everyone insane. hated us. Everyone hated. They us. They hated us because the door could only yeah. shield so much of this joy. The chicken had one hit, not feeling it. Not he had a he had a follow up moderate hit called "Nice Little Chunk of Change," oh, which oh, makes oh. no sense. <laughs> nice that, little chunk of change. Go, you, I remember the first time we did chunk of change. I go yeah. change. That's 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 nice. That's nice. Larry Slice, smoky, nice, nice little <laughs> yeah. chunk of change, yeah. you see? Bluesy. People see are hating I us bend, now, I'm sure. See how I bend the note there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Change. Then and, then, and then whenever he likes it, they weren't recording. He's like, no, <laughs> you just weren't rolling on that? Okay. We, we, we weren't rolling on that one? <laughs> then uh, he would t- be real passive aggressive to Larry. So my favorite thing to do would be like, hey, uh, Larry, uh, I got an idea for the next take. Um, how about you play uh, something... In the ballpark of the fucking music I wrote. <laughs> like, just dress him down. <laughs> then, like, Larry was a character. And we, Larry, like, took on a family that he was trying to support. There was a time where the chicken was doing, like, a We Are the World thing, which was a real funny bit where it was like, AIDS, not feeling it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And yeah. that was during the BP oil yeah. spell. And it'd go, BP, not Definitely feeling it. not feeling it. 
insane stuff, really. Yeah. Looking back, and we were we were trying to work through some. We were all in weird emotional shitty. Places. You're locked in a building. Yeah. For twelve hours at least a day. Yeah. Our relationships had started to kind of hit the hit the rocks, <laughs> hit the rocks a yeah, bit. Sure, there were still great times. Sure, we're so like my great times lasted longer than yours. Might, but yeah. yeah, yeah, but you know we had great times, but we also had bad times at that time. Sure, yes, uh, and then so that that took a toll at work, and then chicken, chicken. is the sort of thing that you need. You need I it. needed it. You need it. To, it's, it's something about like you come in to work and you're trying to be funny. Yeah. So it's like your brain needs to work. Your brain needs to be there. Yeah. And you have this backpack of grief on. Yeah. And you can't just take it off. You got to have the chicken sing it off. Right. Well, take then, it off. What made it awesome. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Is that something? <laughs> <laughs> take it off. No, 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 no. Not feeling it. Yes. And when I think of. When, when I, I think look of, at Katie, I was like, is this anything to anyone else? And she, her face was like, no, not really. I, I'm sure the smile is slowly fading. Not feeling it. But we would. You think of someone like working in an office, you know, yeah. wearing a tie, he's in a cubicle, and he has to, he goes through a shitty breakup, and he has to go in there and just do his job, and nobody gives a shit. Yes. And it's not even really appropriate to talk about it work. Right, right, right. And right. you're suffering alone. Right. And we would go in and slam the door, and then it went from just raging at our at our lives to being like, well, not failing it. <laughs> Last night, I really wasn't feeling it. And then we would... <laughs> and Sonny would, like... You'd say something, like, oh, I don't want to ruin any of my stories or Sonny's stories, but it's like something would happen yeah. to Sonny that's just unbelievable. Yeah. And he's telling you the story. Yeah. And your your heart is breaking for him. Yeah. And you're just like... You don't know how to respond. And so you just go, What do you say? Would, would you yeah. say you're not feeling it? Kind of sounds like you're and not feeling now this, this sad man is up and he's dancing and yelling yes. and doing not feeling it. It was, and I, I urge you out there if you're in a, going through something yes. bad to try a high pitch not feeling it. <laughs> and Patty, can I say something real right now? Please do. Because I made us t-shirts. Not feeling it. That said, I not still feeling it. it. I still have mine. Yeah. Not feeling it. When I'm hung over, I wear it. the not feeling it t-shirt around the house. Patty, there were times <laughs> when I would be in a horrible place. Yeah. A horrible, dark, sure. sad, as you know, days without jokes, just not, <laughs> feel, not feeling it. Yeah. And I'd be in my sad little apartment, and I'd be going through my t-shirts, and I'd find the not feeling Pete, it shirt. Yeah. And I, I'm getting kind of tingly thinking about it. Pete, it, like, yes. saved me. Yeah. It yeah. was a silly, stupid joke, and I would see it, and I'd almost... It would make me remember that I had friends. Yeah. It made me remember that I do cry with laughter. Sure. That things are better. I'm talking about like felt filled with dread. The yes. dread of a love that was starting to go wrong. Yeah. And that's a sad thing to happen. It is. And I'd see not feeling it. And I go, yeah, sometimes things go the way of the chicken. Yeah. Well, Pete had his t-shirts made that they have a chicken on them and they say not feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> and and, <laughs> and uh, when, I when I went through this breakup, I went out and I, I got real, real drunk, which is you do, you do. And uh I, do. I went home and intentionally put that shirt on and went to sleep. And then when I woke up the next day and I'm looking in a full length mirror <laughs> at my hungover, like eye crusty, yes, unshaven, yes, disgusting yes. self, boxer shorts, and this chicken not feeling a t shirt, and I just started laughing alone in my apartment. Uh. Even though I should have been feeling like dog shit. Yes. So it's an it was it's, an odd coping mechanism, but it really worked. It's a ministry. We should we should tour to and me. go to like grade schools and stuff. All I can actually see it's funny because these bits always come up and I'm like, chicken. We were like maybe chicken's a web series, maybe chicken's a sketch, and I'm like it's not. 
It's just it not. Might not be, the yeah. only thing that it's right for is right now us talking about yeah, it. Yeah, and, and even then, maybe not. And then even then, maybe not. Maybe <laughs> yeah. like a, a bunch of people are like, what the fuck is this? But yeah, there's yeah. one guy sure. out there driving yeah. on the treadmill. He's at work. I don't know what the fuck is happening. And he's yeah. like, he's going through a breakup, and his girlfriend's going to be yelling at him tonight. Right. And just in the back of his brain, he's going to remember, hmm, not feeling <laughs> it, huh? Ooh, I am not feeling this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you know what a gift? It is. I have that forever. It it, it cartoonizes. It yeah. changes your perception. Yes. It's a it's a gift. When, it's a tool. It's a coping mechanism. When, and this is not a mature thing. This is not a mature thing at all. But when my if let's say my girlfriend is yelling at me for some, my ex girlfriend is yelling at me for some reason. We're sitting there in this apartment, yes. realizing the living together is not going to work. And maybe yeah, we're yeah, not yeah. going to work. And in the back of my mind, I'd be going, not feeling this. Patty, I am not feeling this. And I, I would. I, I don't would be know, okay. I don't know if we've talked about. I think we've maybe talked about that before, but. I'm hearing it again for the first time. Yeah. I would do the same thing. Yes. And it just fills my heart with sunshine to be like, this is the <laughs> darkest time. This woman just told me to go fuck myself, yeah. like big time. And I'm like, yep. mm, definitely not thrilling. <laughs> I can't restate it. I can't restate it enough. Yeah. I know you get what we're saying. Yes. I can't say it enough. Yes. Not feeling it. And what sucks about this bit and why people hated us is that un- unchecked, knowing that, like, knowing that people are going to be listening to this now, we should move on. Yeah. But deep down I want to do do this for the week the rest of the week all I want to do is talk about the chicken (laughs) nice little chunk of cheese now it's good we weren't rolling we weren't rolling (laughs) we're rolling on that one all of our characters were very frustrated with everything because we were frustrated we were frustrated daddy can't get a daddy cannot get a piece of fresh stuff daddy stepped out for two seconds for a goddamn (laughs) cigarette comes back all, yeah, wait, you're throwing that down the garbage disposal? I'm sorry, the, the neighbors are here eating the French toast? <laughs> Daddy can't get a piece, but the entire neighborhood's sitting around doing a, doing a buffet-style breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> I, I noticed the dog has a piece of French toast. But you're telling me that there's not yeah. nary one piece of French toast should, for Danny? Should, should Danny get on his hands and knees and fight the goddamn dog for the French toast? Daddy. Because we're on the same level. Although I think you might like the dog a little more, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. we, the dog still sleeps in the bed with you. <laughs> yeah. Lord knows he gets laid more than Daddy does. Let me I'll tell ask you that. this, though. Who paid for the bread? Uh, who, paid for, <laughs> who paid for the eggs? And yet, Daddy cannot get a single piece of French yeah, toast. Yeah, always money. Because we, would, we, were, oh. we were also really frustrated about money. I, I mean, in my case, it's because I grew up poor and I, I still have yeah, issues with yeah, spending yeah, yeah. money but just you talked and I, this is when I feel like uh, wor- new worlds of friendship open as you were talking about being at dinner you're not speaking you in the, in this relationship yeah. you're just seething rage and like th- and, and everyone's mad and like the waiter feels it yeah. and like the waiter doesn't even want to approach the table and it didn't start that way it didn't start that way uh, no it didn't no it didn't and, and yes. it never does it never does But then the, and then the check comes and you're yeah. like really uh $200 for this uh, well, miserable evening? I can't tell you the number of times. And, you know, I participated in the badness of the relationship, too. I, I don't want this to As be me I shitting be. on that person. And we're not doing that at all. And we're not naming them, but, like... They're listening to it, sharing a bottle of they're wine. They're definitely listening to it, <laughs> which is terrifying because, I, you know, I, of course I care about both of them. But yes. it's like, uh, we're, I, there were many times that we were at the meal. She knew it, and I knew it. It went south. Yeah. Something happened. Yeah. And you could pinpoint it. I'd say something stupid, unthoughtful, uncaring. Right. Whatever would happen. I'm going to put it on me because that would happen. Sure. I didn't realize I was stepping in shit, but I just stepped in shit. Sure. And then the waiter would come and we're not talking and we're fucking furious with each other. Yeah. And then I can't tell you how many times I tried to figure out what 20% of $240 was. <laughs> While like with trembling yeah. hands. With trembling hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hating my life. Yes. Going... Oh, that that was a. What do you tip on wine? For, it's like a. It's 
like a three hundred dollar bottle. What do we? No, I, I wouldn't really do that, sure, but like sure, sure, sure. trying to figure out like a, a huge gratuity, <laughs> right? Right, and it's and you start to resent people, and it just goes. But what you and I bonded over because I think men aren't necessarily supposed to talk. You're kind of you're not tight with money, but you're sensitive about money and getting better. But I have been for a long. I I was dirt poor, dirt poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I donated semen in L.A. like five years ago. Yeah, and I I had no money till like. Um, <laughs> You know, it's been about two years that I've had like a reasonable, a nice little chunk you're, of change, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Which you when might you remember. Open your check. <laughs> Not little, little chunk of change. I'm yeah. feeling that. Yeah, yeah. I am we should do no more chicken. <laughs> <laughs> because the people that hate it have already turned this off. Yeah, I know, but the yeah. people that love it are still on board. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling it. Making their own t shirts. Uh, well, that's a funny thing about you is that you, more than anybody I know, uh, I, this is one of the things I wanted to talk about, fucking have worked for it. You put yes. your your body in the bone chipper. You know what I mean? Like you paid a price for this. Yes. Your life is you're one of the funniest guys I've ever fucking known. Thank That's you, for sure. Thank you. Pete. Uh and you're also one of the like trouble finds you. It Patrick. does. That is true. Trouble finds you. When yes. we went to Vegas, we sat down at this table. We were all <laughs> We were all winning. Yep. It was great. Yep. In the way that people kind of gravitate towards me and just want to give me a high five, yes. people just want to like slap they, you. They want to squat over my head and just grind out a shit. On and me. you sat down yeah. with nothing but your Pixar board face, <laughs> and you start getting your cards, yeah. and this sassy, uh, he was pretty sassy, sassy black blackjack dealer, sure. black black blackjack dealer. <laughs> His name was Jack. <laughs> Jack Black, the black blackjack dealer. His favorite actor was Jack Black. <laughs> he was also there. No, flee <laughs> uh, he's dealing yeah. and immediately just picks up on your essence and yeah. starts shitting on you it, and knew you hated losing and yes. was like, there's some more money and was like, everyone's laughing at you. The whole, the whole ta- it seemed like the whole casino was gathering around to laugh at me. People did come and started yes. watching and then it was like a scene, this guy making fun of you. You yeah. said nothing but could I change this and he immediately began shitting on you. Then I started, I started shooting back at him Yes, and the whole table would be like, oh, like, yeah. what's, what, that, was in a, that was off, that was out of line. You shouldn't <laughs> have said Black Jack, the Black Jack. Then he'd yeah. make another uh, joke at me. Yeah. And, and the, the, the place would erupt. We will rock There's you. There's something about you that... <laughs> <laughs> Do it again! They, they, it, and it, they loved when you lost. And when I tell... Like, I'll go, I'll go to the gym. And I'll go, okay, I'm going to run on the treadmill for an hour. And... It just derails into people giving me shit. Yes, and you were tell- you were one time on uh, elliptical. This stuff just doesn't happen to me, and no one believes it until and you're sitting with me, and it's like this guy is making your you life. You were miserable. one time on an elliptical. Yeah, you were on there. For, you're supposed. It's like one of those rules: twenty minute maximum Sh- yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. And who, which no one who does, does that. No, yeah, but you're the type of guy. You'll be on the elliptical, and someone will come up and not just say like, "Hey, I'm sorry, I'm waiting for the machine." Yeah, well, like rudely. Yeah, to your bored Pixar face. <laughs> understand that but okay i'm just saying i'm trying yeah. to relay it to is it how you look is there a pheromone you give off that's just like i don't know it's okay to fuck with this guy but it, i was like were you have you been sitting in a lawn chair watching me with a stopwatch like there's yeah. 50 women surrounding yeah all yeah, these yeah, people yeah, are working yeah, out yeah, yeah. why did you pick me you just want to ask people yeah, yeah yeah and i'll be at a gym trip hey you dropped your keys yeah, I I know I drop my keys. I'll pick them up. Like people talk to me yeah, that way. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Very strange. It's an instant climate change. Yeah, and I I've never understood it, but it's yeah. been I I have so many stories of just like You have endless stories. Yeah. Will you tell the Tijuana story? We can edit it out. Katie, note the time. 
<laughs> we can edit it out, but uh, I want you to tell it, and then it. and then we'll take it out if you want to take it. This out. is not a story about people shitting on me. No, so. I just I uh, want to tell it before we get into your your origin story. I, I will I will tell. The story it, yeah. belongs somewhere. I think honestly, you talk you telling your massage parlor story the other night publicly. Yeah. It was like if Pete can do this, I can tell the story. That's fine. this. This is this is I've told this story. Yeah. I, I'm very clear. I'm like, this is Patrick Walsh's story, <laughs> yeah. and it's maybe the greatest. I can't oversell it. It's the greatest story. It is I've a real good story. I told it to people at bars, and by the end of the story, the bartender and other people are like listening well, to the story. You could not have oversold this anymore. I will. It is a good story. It's yes. a great story. But uh, I went to Tijuana. I went to Tijuana with friends. I don't recommend it. It's a terrible place. <laughs> uh, you have to cross a bridge where like limbless children are asking you to buy chiclets to, like, save their lives. Not you know? feeling not, it. Not feeling that big. So, <laughs> um, I went, and I, I need to stress, I think, for the story that I, I have, I have friends who have had sex with prostitutes. I have friends who have done all sorts of things. Yep. I have such a crippling fear of STDs that I had to talk about it with my therapist. You know, like I... Well, that's uh, our generation. We were told yeah. about sex in the same breath. They were like, also, your dick can catch fire. Sure. And raised Catholic and tremendous guilt and yep. all that factor. It's a nice in. little cocktail that we sip down. Yes. But I it's have... It's a wonder that we've ever had sex, Patrick. It really is. Not together, but with other people. Well... Perhaps. Tonight. <laughs> I don't know. Feeling it. I... I... <laughs> I went to Tijuana, and we go, and you know, my friends are like, obviously, you know, let's go to the red light district. Oh, yes, what, yes, you know, yes, whatever. Yes. So we're real, real drunk, real, real. You drunk. told me that there was a, a bar that was like, we'll give you thirty beers for. It was like it was like thirty beers and ten tequila shots for something like twenty five dollars or something. <laughs> it wasn't that. It was so, something absurd. <laughs> like there's no way you'll finish the challenge. Right. And we finished all the beers. And you then, did. We, we finished everything, and we were very drunk. And I knew I had to drive home at some point back oh, to the geez. states. But we're there, and it's like, all right, well, we're sitting in here for the long haul. We're real drunk. And we go into this giant, like bigger than this place. Well, and they can't see it, but a giant strip club. But it's just gray, and there's no like lights. There, there's a stage. There's no music. No one's in there. It's like two p.m. Maybe. And shit faced in this huge gray strip club. There's three very fat Mexican women in like blue sweatsuits in a strip club. So we're like, well, this is not going according to plan. But we're, we like, and th- we just sat in there and drank beers. We're like, yes. this is, I guess it's a, they don't become a strip club till after five or something, right? But we're like, let's just drink and talk, and we're having a great time, getting really drunk. Um, then, the, but these women keep coming over. We're talking like fifty-year-old, real fat woman in a sweatsuit, <laughs> like rubbing my nipples and being like, "Hey, you want to?" I'm like, "Are these the dancers?" <laughs> What's going on here? Like, there's not enough. They'd have to pay these, me. I don't understand. Are these the dancers? We're like, are, are these are these women the dancers? Because they're fifty if they're a day, they're two fifty if they're a pound. <laughs> and I don't know if those expressions even make those sense. Those are. But I, uh, we're just like, this is bizarre, you know. Then we learned that they were sort of like pimps in a way. They were trying to set you up with the attractive women. But you got to bring them out to the the field so you know they're there. We're right, really right, just right. content to sit and drink in Tijuana. Right. So all of a sudden we're like, I was like, yeah, what what if I did want a lap you? dance? This was five years ago. Or so. Okay. And I was just out of a relationship. Uh, I said, what are you the dancer or what is the dancer? And they barely spoke English. My friend gave one of the women money to get him cigarettes and she left, never came back. <laughs> that's what that's what Tijuana is. They're like, let me, can I go buy you something? And then you give them the money. And you're like, this doesn't seem right. And then they, they run away with your money. 
And this was right out. We're like going down there, and my friend's looking on his phone, like, "Hey, it looks like uh, they found a headless body in a van in Tijuana yesterday." Like that's the kind of place it is. Like it's it's terrifying. I love that moment of like. You're handing a stranger money yeah. to get you cigarettes, and there's a little glint in their eye, like, I don't think she's coming back. No, of course not. But you still do it. You still do it. Because it's you're socially awkward to be like, yes. no, forget it. And you get you know, like weird race hang-ups, like, yes. because it's, a, it's exactly. a Hispanic person. You're you know? like, you want to trust. You want to believe. Yeah, you you want to believe trust. in a world where you're going to share a cigarette, a right. deep menthol but cigarette. But we don't live in that world. No, that's not Tijuana. So, not TJ, my friend. The... Then the girls come out. Yes. The strippers. And they are more age-appropriate. They're in bikinis, whatever you want to call it. I'm not a strip club person. Yep. Uh, you talk on this show about not being a fuck guy. I'm not a fuck guy. Neither of us are fuck I guys. I can't do casual strip, sex. Strip, I'm not, strip club I'm, guys. I don't like strip clubs. Uh, I, mean, I need a backstory. I usually spend my whole time in a strip club saying like, well, that's uh, a little much. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I'm actually just hanging out and having a, having a drink. Uh, I would say, and I've said, I think, I, I don't know if I, oh, have a drink. Pete's saying, I don't know if I've said it on the show before. But honestly, if there was a strip club with like regular, more regular looking girls yes. that wore jeans and t-shirts we and I had to that. watch them like clumsily drop trow yeah that would turn that would in like just regular underwear yeah. just like that just their regular tuesday yeah pay- For, forget to leave a sock on or something. <laughs> yes and if they were just like not fake tits bleach blonde just like a re- if yes. a regular fucking girl got on stage that was like my type right. and got on stage and just kind of took her clothes off right that maybe yes but I've I've been limp as a noodle every time <laughs> I've gotten a lap dance because I'm like, yeah, you're fucking grinding on me because I gave you cash. Yeah, sure. Who gives a shit? Sure. I'd rather. Uh, I'm done. I'm sorry. Well, and maybe this time it's because limp I was so as a away. noodle. The girls come out. Uh, most of them are not great looking. You know, they yes. look like they've really been through the ringer, and they've been through the Tijuana ringer, which is a, a tougher ringer than an American. Yeah, yeah, ringer. yeah, yeah. And the, this girl comes out. This ain't your Salt Lake City ringer. <laughs> exactly. This girl comes out who was so unbelievably beautiful. Yes. And I, I'm not kidding you in any way. Like, I was like, maybe I'll take her back to the States and make her my bride. Yeah. Uh, and she was thinking the same. Because thing. it looked like she had just gotten there, like a pretty woman scenario, where like oh. maybe she'd given a few lap dances, but I could take her and like yeah. make a woman out of her or whatever. And I was so unbelievably attracted to her. And it, yeah. it was just like so weird to find here in this disgusting place. And she makes a beeline for me, which I thought was odd, and we start talking. Well, she smells that pheromone. <laughs> Perhaps. She yeah. smells the Pixar yeah. pheromone. It was like, you know, like a, a Teano version of, like, Pretty Woman was playing. Yeah. She, she comes over and... Bonita muchacha. She's sitting next to me, and she's not being, like, super handsy or anything, and we just kind of started talking. Was that voice a racist? It sounded Chinese, so I think it was <laughs> it was racist in a, in a couple ways. <laughs> I was just trying to... Yeah. Go on, go on. Okay. So my friends are pairing off. I think they're going into you know all variety of uh, you know illegal activities with the lesser strippers, and I'm talking to this girl, just talking, which is usually yeah. what I do at a strip, offering a pearl necklace and a huge case. <laughs> yeah, well, per- offer a pearl necklace and there. It's a pearl. So she goes, "Hey, um, you know, she's talking to me," and I said, "Well, what is, what is the deal here? Like, if you want a dance?" Yes. And she was, "Oh, you talk to one one of the fat women in the sweatsuit." Yes. So this woman comes over and she's like, oh, three songs, $20, which is a deal you will not find anywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, honestly, okay. I'm drunk. I'm like 25 years old. Yes. Let's make it happen. We go in. There's a little like booth almost with a, like a stool and they close like a shower curtain. And I'm in there and she starts dancing. The clothes come off. I'm like, okay, this is great. Um, she's She's kissing my neck. And, like, running her fingers through my hair and, like, stuff that's way more... I don't know if that's just Mexico or what. Did she ever go, Mr. Incredible? (laughs) 
<laughs> no, she didn't. But I'm trying to make the voice less offensive as I go. <laughs> she and this is a I. It's it's extra awkward with a a girl I don't know sitting in the room. But it's I'm just going to I'm just going to plow through and tell the story. So yeah. she takes my hand and is trying to put it on or in her, and I said no on the vag. A, I don't know what that's going to do for me. I, I I'm like no, I don't need this really right now. Warm it up. I kind of passed on that one. She's like, okay, and the, the songs are playing. So I am quite hard, not uh, a limp noodle, as you said. <laughs> yeah. She she notices and is rubbing it, and yeah. I'm like, where is this going? Because you're, you're in Tijuana, you don't know if like a donkey's going to. Yeah, anything's it. legal. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They'd be like, you so want the donkey? She's you know rubbing whatever and kind of kissing my neck and playing with my hair and like beautiful and like clearly I was like the first client of the day, you know? Yeah, and yeah. I'm in there and. She takes my... She's not phoning it in. <laughs> she takes my penis out. Yep, there it is. Uh, so she's jerking off my penis. <laughs> and I said that as if to a doctor. <laughs> and she begins... It makes it easier for me to talk Manipulating my right, penis. Right. Uh, at this point, I'm $20 in. It's like, wh- yeah. how far is this going? Yeah. So she's... You know, we're, we're doing all this or whatever. <laughs> this is the best story there's ever been. She's... Drunk me off, and the curtain opens, and yes. my penis is, is out, it's hard, it's loud and proud, and the woman in the sweatsuit looks at us, and I'm like, oh, shit, like thinking she'll be like, put it away. Yeah. But, you know, she goes, uh, do you want to go downstairs? She's like, downstairs? Downstairs? And I assume that's where you have sex with the girls. And I yes. said, no. Yes. I, I Honestly, in my mind, I'm thinking... Can I get an STD from a hand job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know you can't. Yeah, yeah. But it's just like, I, I'm i not comfortable with it. Yeah. It felt great, of course. Yeah. But uh, I said no. And then she goes, okay, time's up. You then. remember thinking, I remember you saying you thought it was like a scam. It's like, I oh, did. they get you all hot and bothered. Yes. Then they're like, you want to go downstairs? Then they take and you like, yes, 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 yes. Which yes. I think is what it is, yeah. honestly. So she, uh, I said no, thank you. And I started to put it away. And then the, the she goes, okay, well, time's up. And it seemed like it had been three or four or five songs at this point. Yeah. She shuts the shower curtain thing. And the girl looks up at me. Beautiful girl. Yeah. And she goes, uh, just, it's okay, we can finish. And I was like, what? And then proceeds to s- attempt yes. to put my penis into her mouth. <laughs> and then I said, I'm so no. uncomfortable with this. Because I'm so, dr- Pete, you think you're uncomfortable? <laughs> yeah. I just want you to know we're both uncomfortable. I said, no, because I'm terrified of STDs. Of course. Now, I know there are a lot of guys who don't ever think about it and would have been like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Two hands on the back of the yeah. head, you know. <laughs> uh, but that's not me. And I was especially in Tijuana, and I don't know what this yes, girl's history yes, is. Yes. I said no, and I yes. turned it down. No and explanation. She, she looks up and like no, like kind of sad. And I said no, it's okay. So she goes, all right, and she was finish with the hand, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is a this is a one time thing for Patty. Uh, <laughs> old Patty. Old Patty. So she has me stand up. She points it at her giant, perfect breasts <laughs> and jerks me off. And I... I promise the story is going better places than you think I it had is. had friends staying with me and stuff. I, it was an explosion. And I immediately... Oh, you mean you were backed up? Backed up all over her chest. Yes. And that... Which is where she wanted it. She was yes, pointing yes, it to yes. it. Yes, yes, yes. And I immediately... So, I, I was sober in three seconds after <laughs> finishing. My ears got so hot and, and filled with the guilt and the shame and everything, which is something I have to get through in any sexual relationship. I understand. It's just how I was raised. Right. Uh, wait till marriage. Or it comes out. So even a, a routine hand job is giving me such, like, agita, and I'm like, yeah. I can't even face my friends now or whatever. Meanwhile, my friends are off doing far worse things. Worse. Uh, so 
she, I finish. She's like, looks up and smiles. She picks up one of those brown rolls of paper towels like you'd find in like a grade school bathroom. Yes. Tears off a single brown like cardboardy one, paper towel. One base. Wipes the load off the chest. A single wipe, you said. A single, a wipe. single wipe. Balls it. Throws it in a trash can and then goes out and just kind of re- rejoins the group. And I'm yeah. standing in there like, what did I just do? I need to leave. Yeah. I, and, uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things, maybe it's not even a big deal. But I felt really – even now talking about it, I feel weird that it happened. Uh, but I've told girlfriends about it. So it is a funny story. It's so, a great story. It's I, not, we're not even at the best part. <laughs> I walk out. I rejoin my friends at this table, the ones who are still sitting there. And they're like, how was that? And I said, oh, it was good. It was good. You know, it was, it was fun. It was, it was, they're like, you're in there a really long time. I said, yeah, I don't know. Did you have to pay extra? No, it was just this morning. <laughs> my voice keeps cracking. I'm kind of, oh, no, my, I'm, shake, I'm shaking. My legs are shaking really bad. I, I felt bad about it. And my friend goes, hey, uh, is it weird if I, if I get a lap dance from her? And in some weird way, because like, again, going back to the guilt and everything, I felt a little jealous. This is a stripper. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, we kind of had a little connection. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, of course, go ahead. doesn't bother me at all. So he goes in. He's in there. A song and a half, it seems like. And he comes out. He's done. It's the same girl. And he sits down. I'm like, so how was that, huh? And he goes, uh, what? And I go, pretty, uh, pretty intense uh, dance, right? And he goes, well, why? why? And I said, kind of different than the other. Like, expecting he's going to just yeah. say it to me. And uh, The whole routine. The sweat yeah. dance, the jerk, the yeah. mouth, he goes, the downstairs. Yeah, he goes, well, what did you do? And I said, well, did she like run her hands through your hair and stuff and like get real close and like whisper in your ear and stuff. And he was like, no, I said, uh, did she like kiss your neck and stuff like that? And he goes, no, not at all. <laughs> I said, well, surely she like touched your penis and kind of jerked you off and that sort of stuff. He goes, what? I paid the same amount. She didn't do any of that. It was just a normal lap dance. I go, well, she didn't do any of that. What were you doing in there the whole time? He goes, honestly, I just, Spent the whole time sucking on those beautiful tits. <laughs> A single wipe of the brown paper towel. Yeah. And then he goes in and He sucks. spends the entire time kissing and sucking on this woman's chest that I had just unloaded. Moments ago. Yeah. Moments ago had marked. Unloaded a big gulp of semen on <laughs> Oh, Jesus. And I didn't, I think I told him maybe on the car ride home. And he looked so mortified. And, uh. Oh, didn't he say if it had to be somebody? Yeah. He was like, at least I know you're clean. <laughs> <laughs> but, if it had to be somebody, I'm glad. Yeah, it it's the you. kind of moment where you just kind of got to go, well, I just lapped up a lot of my friend's semen. And that's where. What, how, you got to own it. Yeah. Yeah. I think most people, when that story begins, thinks this is going to be a, a dude stripper. Right. Which is big in Tijuana as well. A lot of guesses as to where the twist was going to be. Right. Well, there you go. Oh, my God. Well, thank you. For, I thank actually you for... don't feel mortified about telling it. In, in, in a way, I just got a hand job. People get a hand job. People get hand jobs. Yeah. I was actually just talking to somebody. The hand job, is, because of how we were raised, yeah. the hand job raises, its stock is raised in that you're just kind of like, yes. who cares? You, you don't care about it at all. Yeah. You're and like, nobody's getting emotionally involved in a hand job. Yeah, that's true. There's less chemistry happening. Sure. The guilt for me was that it was a minimum stripper. I mean, I assume other things were going on there as well. I right. Think. 
Uh, but yeah, there you go. But I mean, like even even with a with a girl now, if if I went on a date, I wouldn't be. If girls are like, oh, how could I give you a hand job? It's like you're going to be better at doing it yourself. I'm kind of like, yeah, but it's it's your hand. It's, it's nice. A novelty. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's a novelty. Sure, it's novelty. That's why you, guys... you take it for a spin. I'm better at driving it. <laughs> take it around yeah. the block. Yeah, it might take an hour and a half, but uh... <laughs> yeah, that's go ahead. Really, really give funny. it a shot. Well, let's talk about you and how you receive. First of all. Things just happen to you. That's one yes. of the only stories. By rights, you should be the guy that licked the boobies. <laughs> yes, that exactly. Fits your exactly. persona yeah. more. Well, it's that is the kind of story though that you think if you do go in and you're a guy who's going to be kissing on a stripper and stuff, think about that next time. Yeah, think about that story. Bill Burr has a great bit about that where he's like, he saw a guy licking on some girl's boobs and and boobs were in his face and he was just kind of like. It's the subway pole. It's yeah, the pole absolutely. on the subway. You well, can't. speaking of things happening to me, I, I was in New York for three, four years, lived there. Uh, I'm on a subway alone at night, <laughs> clearly crazy, like on something drugged out. Guy gets on my car. There's no one else in my car. I had already at this point been held up at knife point and my apartment got robbed. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm expecting him to kill me. Yeah. He comes in. He's looking around frantically. And instead, he licked every surface in the subway. He licked up and down the poles. He licked the seats. He licked the walls. I kid you not. What? He walked around the cart, the car, licking everything up and down these poles. He's not looking at me. He's not showing off for me necessarily. It was something he needed and wanted to do, and then he got off at the next stop. That's, I, that's something that stays with you. I, I don't know what was going your, on there. Your life. Yeah. Your life. Did I tell you my, my headphone story on the subway? <laughs> no. It's a real quick one, but I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in headphones, and I was listening to uh, – some music, you know, and I'm, I'm sitting there and there was a clearly s- sort of deranged giant homeless woman next to me, which that's the subway. That's what the subway is. Yes. And I'm sitting there and it, it would actually be a great movie scene and maybe I'll use it someday. But I, I kind of am in my own world of music and I look back and the woman across from me is standing up and I wish she could see me here and make it more. But she's going like her, she's going making the like look out like, motion stop. and like get it. But I can't hear what she's saying and she's clearly trying to get my attention. But I'm listening to music and I go, whoop. What? What's going on? And I take the headphones out, and she's pointing, and three people are pointing, and I look over. This woman has had watery diarrhea that is oh. just sloshing. Oh. oh, my God! Up onto my pants and back. Onto my pants and back, like tides. Oh, my God! I don't have one story yeah. like that, and I've known you for years now. <laughs> well, New York is when they all happen. I, there, there was a period of a year in New York where I didn't speak to another human being. Like, things got bleak. It was like taxi driver style. I know. Well, that, that goes back to you suffering for your art. I actually like to bring it real far back and tell, tell the story of how you found out there was no Santa. <laughs> this well, is simultaneously one of the funniest things I've ever heard and also so bittersweet and tragic. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a sad story in many ways. But. Yeah. It really is. Like, it's got so many layers this, of This sadness. is the anatomy of a writer, though. I'm not yeah. here to say that all comedians need to have stories like this. Yeah. But when I know, like, when I see you as a funny guy and I hear stories like this, the math checks out. Yeah. The, I looked at the books and it's right. Well, it's my, one of my very favorite songs is Common People by Pulp, which is a uh, song basically about how, uh, you, you know, like, you say your life's shitty, uh, but if you call your dad, he could stop it all. That's the chorus of the song. Yeah. And he's just very angry about that. Like, you think it's cool to be, like, poor and, like, and all this, but you're not. You could, right. You could fix everything in a second. If I called home, my parents would be like, can I borrow some money? My yeah, parents yeah, yeah. broke. That was, that was a huge thing. Yeah. A huge difference between you and I, because I did grow up with that cradle sure. of security. Sure, You have that story. I don't want to derail I have to, the I have current to fight. story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. 
but you moved to New York and you needed to find an apartment and the only one that you could afford was this couple and they and they showed oh. you around. Yeah. I, I want to see what happens if I tell one of your stories. They show you sure. around and you're you can't believe the rent is so cheap, it's in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, it's a Manhattan nice apartment. And, living and with a married couple. A married couple. And at the end, right before you're signing the lease, they're just like, just so you know, we want you to do some chores. Yeah. Uh, you know, take out the garbage, sweep up. Um, occasionally we're going to want to watch, uh, you, have you watch us have sex. Yeah. Maybe you fuck my wife. Exactly. Maybe I fuck you. Said to me in the most casual manner possible. As if he was like recycling his because, Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday, I fuck my wife while you right. watch. It was like a, cause it was like they wanted me five, $500 in addition to fucking the both of them I'd be paying to like sleep on their kitchen floor and fuck this married couple. And you, that you, is just you. That is you. Where where you're wrong about me? I, I didn't go there because I actually I had to get an apartment before I moved to New York because yeah. I was moving from Missouri. But that was all done on the phone. So I'm looking on online and I find this apartment. The first place I called was that couple. That's you. Yeah. Whatever it is that's on you, it's yes. it's like there's a. It's not a curse because you're doing well. Sure. This all turned out. Well, which yeah, is yeah. what makes diarrhea slosh such a great story, because <laughs> yeah. I like to think of you yeah. in your Prius now on the way to over sure. over to Warner Brothers. Now, That's a nice. All the tale. diarrhea slosh is my own. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the story uh, you were just about to tell, though? No, well, the the Christmas. Story. Christmas, yes. So my uh, the way I found out, yes, about uh, no Santa Claus. Sorry if any kids are listening, but <laughs> my, not not for the Tijuana story, no. for the fact that there's no Santa. I got one. You remember the. The tournament table, which was like a – it had like a, a backgammon and it had ping pong and it was like a, a hot gift for a while. Remember that? A, yeah, It was sure, like a three-in-one sure. table. Yeah. And this Christmas, me and my sister was all we wanted and we got some shitty generic version of it. Yes. Because my parents didn't have any money. You don't really think of that as a kid, but we were – my parents had well, enough. Well, for, for uh, poor poorer yeah. families, yeah. the myth of Santa Claus is actually quite inconvenient. Exactly. He's a man that makes the toys. He yeah. does it out of charity. Yeah. Elves do it, and he magically brings them to you. Right. So that's well. That's of... why this is so sad. Here, but, uh, I remember being kind of angry about it, and I was kind of stu- you know stewing, and um, you know my parents were like, "Oh, okay." So the following year, then I asked for uh, this Play-Doh set, which is not even an expensive item, and I <laughs> opened the gifts. I guess I don't know what age you find out about these things, nine or ten. And I open the gift, and it's this generic, like, it's called clay dough. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I opened it. I think I said, what? <laughs> I crack it open, and I'm trying to mold this clay dough. <laughs> and it's as hard as this table. I can't get it to bend into any shape. There's no moisture to I can't it. get it to form a damn ball, like, let alone, like, something cool. It's not making anything. And I'm sitting there at the kitchen table, so frustrated. This little kid, like... <laughs> Angry man. Yeah. And I finally slam it down and my mom's doing dishes. I remember this very well. Me and my sister are trying to make something happen with this shitty clay. And I go, I specifically asked Santa for a Play-Doh set. Play-Doh. I wrote it. Why did he bring me this? Why? And I look up. (laughs) Yes. And I'm like, do we have the list here? I wrote it on the list. And I look up, my mom is sobbing. Yes. She's sitting washing dishes, crying. And in that uh. moment in that moment I realized A, my family was poor. B, there is no Santa Claus and my mother is Santa Claus. See, uh. I had just hurt her feelings basically by shitting on a gift that she got her son. Yes. Which I thought I was just like, hey Santa. <laughs> 
a little closer hey, attention. St. Nick, read the list. It's yeah. play, not clay. There's a reason you make the list, Santa. <laughs> you can take it to Toys R Us and buy the stuff if you want. But that was when I found out. And, I'm, you know, oh, uh, it was that so was a very sad, sad. thing. Yeah. But that... That just that and sex New York apartment and diarrhea slosh and even Tijuana. These are these are just things that are happening. Yes. Let's talk a little bit because I think uh, you get a lot of emails and I. I <laughs> Great conversation started. <laughs> <laughs> I understand you get a lot of emails. I do, and I just throw to you. Yeah. No, I just mean like you get some Facebook emails and stuff because you're a television writer. Yes. Well, we haven't even mentioned. I write for Two Broke Girls currently. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That'll be in the bio. Okay. Yes. But yeah, you're right. You, you wrote for Always People's Sunny? Choice Award winner. Yeah, that's right. Maybe you've heard of the people. <laughs> they are yeah. choosing. Yeah, they chose it. So uh, right. <laughs> you got. Yes. I wrote for Robin Always Big. Always Sunny. Robin Big, which is a reality show. Robin Big was my first job. And then Always Sunny. And Always Sunny. Then Outsource. Then Outsource. And then Two Broke Girls. No, two Broke Girls. Yeah. Which is a hit. Huge hit. Which is yeah. where you'll be for a while. I can't see why I wouldn't. Unless you fuck it up. There's people there who are on Friends and on Will and Grace, and they're like, you just ride this gravy train. Yeah. You know, as long Which as is can. why there's nobody more deserving of you because you're the guy getting held up. That pheromone, yes. yes, the pheromone. That's actually that's like your movie. Is like we in the first act find out that My you liar, do secrete yeah, yeah. a pheromone sure. that draws attention. Oh, yeah, maybe we should do that. Right? <laughs> no, I don't know. I kind of hate it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but that that seems to be happening. And so let, let's break it down a little bit because you were in Missouri. This is that, that's actually one of the things I love. People want. These things handed to them. Yes. And oh, to a now certain, especially. And to a certain extent, yeah. I even feel like my stuff writing for TV was handed to me. Don't don't get yeah. me wrong. I work very hard. Sure. But I'm not the guy to talk to if you want to talk about how to get into writing. Yeah. You're exactly. the guy to talk to, which is why I wanted to have you on the show. Okay. One of the things, other than the millions of reasons, but you're in Missouri. Yeah. And then you moved to New York. This is like a bold move. Yes. So you realized you wanted to do comedy. I always was obsessed with comedy, and uh, I wanted to write uh, from when I was a little kid. And my dad, his style of parenting that I look back on now, I think has fucked me up in a lot of ways. But it was, I'm going to make my son terrified of anything that will keep him from getting what he wants. Yeah. Because I th- and which is actually great parenting. He just went too far with it. You mean drugs, sex. Drugs, All sex, the things alcohol. that religion kept me away from. Your weird but, dad, if but, I may. He's a weird guy. Oh, sure. Your weird dad But kept religion you away. was part of it, too. Catholicism. Yeah, he, br- he brought God into the mix. But yeah, I, so I was in Missouri, and I remember him asking me when I was a kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, well, I want to work in the movies. Like I think I said, like Steven Spielberg at the time. I was like, I want to write or direct and stuff. Yeah. And he said, well, what do you need to do to get there? Like, what can you do now? And I said, well, you know, now I could watch movies and study them. And he was like, right. And then what do you need to do? Uh, in high school, well, I need to get good grades so I can get into like a good film school. Right. And then what do you need to do in college? And that's actually a great way to look at your life when you're yeah. a kid. It's just like, what do I need to do and check these things off I wonder, and do them? Was that like one moment or did he do that stuff all the time? All the time. That's brilliant. But I, I, well, I realize now that my dad was like, uh, he told me a story about how his best friend knocked his girlfriend up and all they were doing was kissing and rolling around. Uh, they didn't even have sex. And this is when I got my first serious girlfriend in high school. And he was trying uh-huh. to basically not only scare me off of sex, but off of making out. Yeah, he didn't know? even want you doing that. No, because we were kiss- he, he made it sound like you could get pregnant from kissing. So I, And I remember thinking then, well, either my dad's an idiot or yeah. this guy's an idiot or he thinks I'm an idiot. You know? Right, but right, right. My sex talk, my dad told me only this. Patrick, an orgasm uh, is something that should only be shared between a man and a woman. Sex is the greatest gift God can give you. It uh, should only be shared, but, uh, not, not just a man and a woman. Not the, I'm a married man and a woman. Yes, he yeah, wasn't yeah, like yeah, a homophobe or something. I get it. A married man and a married woman. Uh, premarital sex is a sin. 
uh, and an orgasm feels like – he goes, you know when your arm falls asleep, Patrick? <laughs> I said, yeah. He goes, you know when you start to get the feeling back and it's like that pins and needles feeling? Yeah. And I said, yeah. He goes, that's what an orgasm feels like all over your entire body. That's an extremely unpleasant feeling. Yeah. No one likes the that's pins and needles crazy. And, you know, It I, sounds like one of those backstories. Like, again, if the movie's about you, we meet your dad in some series of flashbacks. Yeah. And, it, and everyone's like, I'm not buying it. Like, it's all no true. No one is that way. Yeah. No, I do buy yeah. it. I've met your dad. I believe you. I believe you. But, like, that's a crazy story. It is. Like, it's like the story of, like, I want to make my son an artist. I want to make my son interesting. I'm going to treat him almost as an experiment. I think – well, he didn't know what he was doing. when I think my parents were 23 or something when they had Yeah. But he he was also saying, like, uh, he told me when I was five years old or something, you know, I know you're not thinking about it now. But if you ever have a drink of alcohol, you'll become an alcoholic. Everyone in your family except for your mother, my mother. Uh, is an alcoholic. My dad was a recovering alcoholic at that point. And at, doesn't he drink like a case of Diet Pepsi or something now? Uh, when he got off smoking, he switched to Diet Coke. He drank a case of Diet Coke a day until he got a kidney stone. Uh, <laughs> he switched to Tootsie Pops until he got like a lot of like he got like a weight gain and had like a weird like high sugar glucose thing. He and that's me in a nutshell. Like he's not wrong there either. I'm not an alcoholic. I enjoy the, I enjoy a drink. I, I, don't, I tend to only drink on the weekends, you know. But he instilled in me this thing of if you ever have a drink, you'll become an alcoholic and it'll ruin your life. Insane. I didn't drink till I was out of college. I was 23 years old. This comes up, though. I this lost my virginity up. super late. I, I had all these things because I was scared to death. It's weird because that minor threat, you know, minor threat, that, that straight edge sort of weird thing where the premium is put on your thoughts and your artistic expression sort of right. stuff. I'm not saying it's better. I'm not saying if, if, if the listeners had sex in high school. I, I hope you did. Yeah, sure. But I have noticed a trend in fucking weirdos like you and I yeah. who missed out on a lot of those more carnal yeah. body, drugs, sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, like, I, I've said this. We, you and I have said this. If you or I had smoked pot yeah. in high school. Done. Forget it. Done. And it's not because I think pot is horrible. I smoked pot last night. I'm not here to say pot is horrible. Sure. I'm here to say I'm glad I was 28 the first time I tried it. Absolutely. And because I also feel like it fucks your brain up, too. It does fuck your brain up. In fact, I smoked pot and I, I smoked a very little amount because I was like, I have a podcast tomorrow. Sure, sure. I, 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 I had one toke. Well, one toke. <laughs> I just like to be clear. Um, no, that, that's what it is, though, is that I, I was scared of everything. Toke. And I, I, I had a super religious girlfriend through high school and college, which also kept me from losing my virginity for a very long time. Yep. Uh, big in the everything but, uh, but not never the sex. Yeah. And it's just, that's where my STD fear comes from. That's why I, I'm only comfortable really having sex in like a relationship. Yeah. That's why I have all these hangups. But it definitely kept me on my goal, which was my dad's point. That's all I wanted. Like, I went to New York from Missouri. I was a cashier at a grocery store. But I was like, if I want to work in movies and TV, not gonna, it's not going to happen here in Missouri. I have to leave. Right. I didn't know a single person when I moved See, to New York. See, that is what I applaud you for. Yeah. Okay, there's a bunch of things that I think are really courageous and admirable about your life. And one of them, excuse me, one of them is that, like, I got married yeah. partly because I was a coward. Yeah. I wanted to move to Chicago. The same thing. I was in Boston. I wanted to move to Chicago to take it serious. Sure. To do improv, to do stand-up. Do it serious. Too scared to go alone. Yeah. Got married. Mm-hmm. You are a cashier at a grocery store. Yeah. A, a lot of very close friends who I love dearly. 
Yes. And I had to leave oh, you Oh, you mean you had friends. In Missouri, yeah. You have friends. You have a life. You have your family. Yeah. And ne- next thing you know, you're calling a guy for his apartment, and he's like, you have to plow my wife, and maybe I have sex <laughs> with you. And you're like, is this what the world is? Right. And you went. I did. Anyway. Yes. And got robbed and didn't go home. And no. sat in diarrhea and didn't go home. Correct. It's insane. Uh, That's why I was like, look, this is what it is. I can tell you I did stand-up and people were like, you want to write for television? And I was like, sure. You are fucking doing it the hard way. So please keep going. I did. Well, and my dad, you know, looking back now, you piece together some things. My dad's favorite song is Freebird. Uh, and that song is about, I'm leaving you, woman, to go chase my dream, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he hates science fiction, all science fiction. But he, one of his very favorite movies is Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I watched that again the other day. That's about a 30-year-old man leaving his wife and kids to go off with aliens. And yeah. like these things started making a lot of sense to me. Yeah. That I think I know that he loved us, but my parents have since divorced, but I think he felt trapped and he should have done more with his life. And that's why he was constantly telling Sad me. Dad. Yeah. Constantly telling me if you want to do something, don't get married, don't have sex, don't get a girl pregnant, don't become an alcoholic, don't start doing drugs. I know now if I if if you and I were to do cocaine now, I would be dead in a week. I, I'm right. an addictive person. Right. But uh you know, well, that, that still guides us. Neither you or I have, have never done cocaine, no, have never done I anything hard or anything sure. like that. Yeah. And it's that same sort of guidance, for better or worse. Now, at least, we know it kind of comes from a flawed place. Right. But we still employ those principles. Yeah. It's not, so his parent, he went too far, but I'm glad he did because I got to where I want to be. But when I was in New York, I started temping. Weird. Something fell in the studio. It's okay. Poltergeist. <laughs> I, uh, I, st- I started temping in New York City, and I, I would only have temp jobs where I wouldn't speak to people. So I would sit in my apartment. I lived in this place. I finally found a place with... Uh, no it, sex requirements? They had. Well, it was a woman who would, was always drinking a bottle of red wine and trying to get me to watch Sex in the City. And then she would come in in a sports bra when she'd get drunk and like sit on my bed. Another fucking <laughs> weird thing about you, Patty, is yeah. you have stories... I'm sorry to say... I love sidetracking and interjecting. We'll sure. stay on the path. Yeah. But you have those stories. Not only do people start shit with you, yeah. but you get into weird girl things. Like you have Always. weird... You told me that you one time went walking around the city with a big gulp, and which was, I believe what you said, how much semen you shot out. <laughs> a big gulp yeah. filled with liquor, yeah. just depressed... This here, is in L.A. Here in L.A., Nothing's yeah. going right. Tequila Slurpee. Tequila Slurpee. That was Slurpee. my Friday night for a while. You'd yeah. walk, do, you'd do a tequila Slurpee walk, yeah. and then you met a girl and ended up, like, making out with her. Like, you, you walked into, like, an all-Latino club or something. <laughs> you tell me I these did. stories, and I just, like, I don't have any stories like that. And you make out with her, and then you ask her out, and then you pick her up, and she has a boyfriend, and she doesn't understand why you didn't understand yes, that. as I'm paying for dinner, she's telling me a cute little story about her boyfriend. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? And you didn't have the money to be going on dates that weren't Not dates. at all. Not and at you all. had already made out. Yeah. I went down to Pasadena to pick her up. She lived like in a guest house. I, I go up to knock on the door I of the remember. house. remember. And the woman was like pissed that I knocked on the main door because they were in some trash dispute. Yeah. She didn't take the trash out. Yes. And everything for a very long time, it seems to have calmed down a little now, but everything seemed to be a huge ordeal for my, in my life for many, many years. Yeah. And nothing was easy, really. Nothing but. was easy. The pheromone. Yes. So Even I, this girl, you made out with a girl, oh, things are coming up for old Patty. <laughs> yeah. I walked around and I met a girl and yes. we made out. She has a boyfriend. Yeah. And she tells you after you paid for dinner and picked her up in Pasadena. Right. I met up with a girl in New York who told me um, she had hepatitis. 
She was like, that's why I don't hook up with people. She also had a boyfriend. It was after a Violent Femmes concert or something. Yeah. Uh, and you just attract it, Just man. crazy things yeah. that, that scare me a lot, really. So I you're a temp to, and you're not talking. I'm temping. I'm not speaking. I'm living with this woman, and she always gets me to watch Sex in the City. And then she talks about this Mr. Big, her Mr. Big. And uh, he shows up as like a five foot tall bald man who comes by, who t- yeah. t- takes a bus out to Jersey once a month to ram her. That's her mystery. <laughs> she made it sound like they all these romantic misunderstandings and complications. It was a, a short bald man who fucked her once a month, <laughs> took the bus out to New Jersey, was her Mr. Big. So I would hear them next door and she'd be like, hey, hey, hey. she's like a 45 year old woman or something. And I used to watch Sex in the City with her and we would like, but we never spoke and she would, there'd be a weird flirtation sometimes. So. I lived in Jersey City Heights. My first day there, I watched these two kids push an old man with a cane to the ground and run off. They didn't rob him. That was like me getting off the bus with wheat in my mouth, seeing that. So I was miserable. With wheat in my mouth. She asks, uh, she takes on a second roommate in this place. And this girl comes in, she was very, very attractive and around my age. And we started hanging out. We would drink. And this was honestly when I lost my virginity. I had been in a long relationship in Missouri that was sexless. Everything but no sex. And... We get there, and I, we eventually started having sex after I had agreed that we would move out and get a new place because this place was terrible. She had three poodles. One barked 24 hours a day. One, one howled 24 hours a day. And the third one violently raped the other two 24 hours a day. So there'd be like – That might be what all the barking and howling. That's why. They were, yeah, sure. Just It's the kind of thing where I'd go into the kitchen to get like some Honey Nut Cheerios, <laughs> which I ate for every meal. Lost 40 pounds. I look in, and there's a trail of dog ass blood across the floor. And these things wouldn't get cleaned up. I'd be like, is that fresh dog ass blood or last week's? (laughs) Roaches and everything else. So this girl moves in, and she wasn't having it. There was no heat. I used to sleep in coat, shoes, hat. (laughs) And she gets there. It's around, like, Thanksgiving time. And she was like, I can't live here. And I said, why don't we get a place across the way? Just move in. She said, okay. At some point during that discussion, we started having sex. And now I'm like, I'm going to be living with this girl. Yeah. And I right barely away. know her. Right I don't away. like her. Uh, I did like her. She was nice and very attractive. But I didn't want to have that on me at that time, especially when I'm moving there to work on my life and my career. Right. So we move into this place. And when I come back, we started having sex uh, a lot. One night we went out to a movie and she comes up and gives me a big girlfriend hug and kiss. And I was like, oh, this is now a weird thing. A public thing. And... I had to kind of say, I don't think I want to be in a relationship. I don't want to live with somebody at 23 years old or whatever. I don't, I don't need to be doing that. She got kind of upset, and she was like, what if I initiate it? And I said, if you initiate it, I will have sex with you. But I'm saying, I don't want to do that and you know, hurt your feelings or something. She kept initiating it. We kept doing it. <laughs> little by little, we started fighting all the time because I had a girl come to town. I didn't have a cell phone for many, many years in New York City, so could never meet anyone. And I got a, a voicemail on my message machine from a girl who was in town. And she got all jealous. And I said, well, we're not together. We got in a huge fight. We stopped talking but continued having sex. We would, like, knock on each other's Wait, door. Wait, you told me this. Then we would go. And I would be like, what would you say? And you, you shrugged. You, you showed me the shrug you do. You'd be like, eh. <laughs> I'd knock on a door and be like, eh. <laughs> Yes. Or vice versa. And then I would go back to my own room. It was such a terrible arrangement. Oh. So she started picking at me. She'd be like, hey, maybe don't leave your crumbs. She'd write a note like, please don't leave your crumbs on the counter or something like that. And I would write on the note in black magic marker, didn't read, <laughs> and then put it under her door. Or I would prop it up on the trash. And I like very quickly became like a monster living there. <laughs> Because I had I hadn't even talked to people in months. Yes, and I was such an animal, like such a monster. And I you was like, needed chicken at this time. I needed the chicken. You and did need the chicken. We stopped talking. She had a guy stay over after a while, and we were still kind of sleeping together. 
And this guy comes out in the morning, and I was sitting at the kitchen table eating breakfast. Honey Nut Cheerios. Yeah. And I go, uh, hey, how, how was the sex? He comes out to go to the bathroom, and he goes, what? And I said, oh, I'm just asking, you know, because we, we both had sex with her. I was just hoping to compare. Like, things I can't imagine myself doing. Oh, my God. But I was, I was sitting there eating the cereal. You like, were the villain in yeah, that guy's movie. Exactly. And she was like, why are you mad at him? And I realized I was jealous of this girl I had no, I, I have, you know, I was just I like understand. jealous Well, you're her. young and it's the first person young. you've slept with. It was so weird. You and live it, together. This is the most bizarre virgin experience I've ever heard. The worst, really. It's really the worst. Yeah. You were introduced to sex and then sex was just thrown into a shit river. A shit river, yeah. And then every once in a while you'd scoop some of the sex out of the river and do it again. Meanwhile, if religion was taken out of it, I would have been having sex with my girlfriend who I loved for three years in high school. You know, right. that, that would have been my first experience. Like it would have been loving and good. Yeah. And it's insane. But instead, yeah. this woman emits dog shit ass <laughs> blood. Yeah. And then so, it turned into this. Yeah. So we, we, we lived there in that arrangement. And then when I, I eventually was like, I have to get out of this living situation. I have to stop temping. And I wanted to be an NBC page. Like Kenneth, this was before 30 Rock, but I, right. I wanted to be a Conan intern or a page. And I took off work at my temp job on a Friday. I called the page office. I, it was 10 a.m. I said, can you put me in touch with somebody who can help me because I've been, I submitted my resume 40 times. And you learn when you get into the page program, there's an enormous stack of resumes yes. that they never look at. And she goes, I'm sorry, I can't do that. And I said, okay, well, I took off work this morning, and I'm going to call you every five minutes until you put me in touch with someone that can hire me because I don't like my life right now, and I want to be a page. Really? And she said, okay, and then hung up the phone, and I called every five minutes. I like, don't know this story. For about an hour. I call, and then I, I just said, okay, well, I'll talk to you in five minutes. And then I'd hang up. Finally, an hour in, she goes, all right, and patches me through to the head of the page program. And I said, sir, I said, I'm not Ivy League. I know it's like an Ivy League program. I said, I just so desperately want to do this, and my life is so bad right now, and I need you to meet with me. Like, like my voice yes. breaking almost. Oh, my and God. And he was like, you got a meeting on Monday. So I, I went in. What is this show business story? And then I became an NBC page, and that's how everything really You, you killed the meeting? I killed the meeting. But on the way to the meeting, I, I'm walking in, and I have, I'm have i putting a sport coat on. I bought like a $100 suit, and I slip in ice, fell, and landed. <laughs> my arms are pinned over my head by the jacket. I slip in ice and land on a sawed-off stop sign post, which like jabs into my flesh, and I'm covered in blood, a white shirt. <laughs> no, no, no! No. Reservoir dog style. No. Covered in blood. And when I go into this meeting that I'm like, I have to kill this meeting. You smell like iron. I, I like belted this jacket so tight. I had the button so tight because I was like, he's going to see me drenched in blood on this meeting. I'm clenching my jacket. I shake his hand. I kill the meeting. I know I know I did well. Then you have to go back in for a follow-up, a second interview, apprentice style with like judges and 10 applicants. Are you kidding me? And you got to all answer the same question, like make an impression. And I went in and I heard everyone just bombing and people are like playing songs they had written. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. They give what do you, you mean playing songs? They give you one minute to make a final case. And someone wrote like a song about the page program and stuff. And I'm like, I have nothing. So I last minute changed what I was going to do and told the story about how I fell and landed on that stop sign post. And I said, so clearly I deserve to be in the page program the most. I said, I, I almost killed myself doing it. And then the guy. You got laughs. Yeah, big laughs. And the guy, Will, that was there, I go, I go, and I, I don't think you even noticed that uh, you're interviewing a guy who's drenched in blood. And he was like, I didn't, and laughed. <laughs> and I, I finished the story, and he clicked stop on the stopwatch, and he goes, one minute exactly. Nice. And I, I was just talking out my ass. It looked like I had planned it. Everyone else went over, and he oh. stopped them. 
And they looked at me, and in the elevator, I was like, well, you got in. These are people from Harvard and Yale and shit. I went to Webster University. Yes. But I think that desperation got me in, really. And The tiniest university, by yeah. the way. Oh, little tiny. W- little Webster humor. Mascot is the Gorlock. <laughs> half old man, half squirrel. But uh, we, I got on the page program. Uh, Sonny, I wrote a play. Sonny asked me, hey, do you want to try to write a pilot? Trenched we did that. in blood. And that's where everything kind of started. We came out here, and I reset again. I didn't know anyone in L.A. Every five minutes. Well, that's what happened. So yeah. you're in the page program, and I know you could tell me lots of, uh, you know, seeing uh, SNL people, seeing sure. uh, Conan people, yeah. and you, you have a lot of those tales. But then you told me that you wrote this pilot. Yeah. Uh, how did you get an agent? Uh, well, we, because there's the story of the flight from New York to L.A., right? We, we wrote a pilot about the page program before 30 Rock. Yes. We got it out to uh, the head of NBC Comedy because we were at NBC. We had an NBC email address. Like, right. After the page program, I worked at NBC in late night marketing. And I, we sent this out. Uh, so this is what people are curious about. First, we have the cold calling, and you know n- that's not going to work for everybody, but that happened to work. You were cold calling sure. NBC. Well, and, and, and go for a page program. Nobody wants to do internships anymore. You know, people are like, oh, it doesn't pay anything? Right, 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 right. You're, you're, you couldn't wait to make nothing. Sure. And then you got in, and now what you're telling me is you have this NBC email address, so maybe pe- people are going to respect, respect that. Or at least, yeah. And then you wrote the script with Sonny, who you met, yep. a fortuitous meeting, because you guys have great writer chemistry. Yep. You write a good pilot. And now who are you sending it to? Send it to... Because these are the... I'm trying to make you get less emails, is what I want you to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I want you to explain it kind of once and for all. This is what you did so people can stop being like, what do you need to do? Sure. Um, and yeah, I sent it to... It was to the head of NBC Comedy. We, we found a former assistant of his. So she got it to him. That We sent it to him on a Friday. We were really happy with it. It, was, it still is a very funny script. And uh, on Monday... That wasn't 20... Oh, it's the pilot. Pilot, yeah. Monday, I come in and there's 100 emails in my work account congratulating me and Sonny on our pilot. And I'm like, what is going on here? There's a Variety article that says... Uh, NBC flips for pages. Our show was called Pages. NBC, the guy who we sent it to, this guy Jeff Ingold, is developing a pilot called Pages about the NBC page program. And I'm like, holy shit, we're so naive. I'm on the phone with Sonny and I'm like, this is crazy that they didn't tell us, but they, they must have loved it and they're going to make it. Oh, no. It was not our, not our pilot. It was a different show called Pages. Same premise. Oh, and no. it's not like somebody ripped us off. It's just a coincidence. Yeah. But we, what a fucking magic! This is like another thing. Word in a movie, I'd be like, that didn't. That's same bullshit. weekend. This all went down. So we were like, well, what can we do? We we're like, wait. So all the emails were other people making the same mistake as you. Everyone made the same mistake. Yeah. They all thought that your pilot was because they knew ready. we were doing this pilot called Pages. So and they knew we were getting ready to send it off. You know, we yeah. sent it, and then this all happened. So we uh, we finally got on the phone with Jeff Ingold. And we were like, look, we have a perfect sample for this show. We wrote the exact same show. And he's like, I read it. I loved it. Um, the show's not going forward. It's not going to happen. We're doing this other thing, 30 Rock. Uh, what And Studio 60 at the time. Right. Uh, they said, would you want to come out and uh, maybe meet with agents? I'll give you my strongest recommendation because I love the script. This is the head of NBC Comedy. So me and Sonny kept taking weeks off our he jobs. He did read it, though. That's he did read preposterous it. to me. He read it, I think to clear up any sort of... He thought maybe... Because there could always be a lawsuit situation. I would think that he wouldn't read it for plausible mm, deniability. Perhaps. But everyone knew there was no... We, he knew we weren't going to press charges on him. Right. Because uh, they didn't do anything. Right. It was an innocent... Uh, but he didn't read it. That, this is, that's uh, serendipitous. That's yes. fortuitous. He read it. We went out. We took a week off work to meet with agents. I hate 
almost all agents, they're the, they're like frat guys. I don't like them. Yeah, uh, I don't like the idea of giving someone ten percent of my income when yeah. all they do is arrange a meeting that you got on your writing strength anyway. Right. Uh, but we went out, met with an agent. We signed with one of the most senior guys who repped all the guys in the office and was a huge name. And uh, you know, like three Bluetooths and everything. Yeah. Then finally, Sonny and I quit our jobs in New York. We I I quit my relationship. I was with a long term girlfriend. Uh, we came out here and we're on the tarmac at LAX, like getting ready to start our lives here. We don't know anyone. We don't have a place. So to the live. flight over is. We thought looks we, like we yeah, made. We thought it. we would be rich in a week. Honestly, we yeah. thought everything yeah. was finally coming yeah. together. Well, why not? You yeah. thought the Variety article was about you. I mean, sure. like you're ready to believe in the magic of show business. Yeah. Finally, things are coming up, Millhouse. You're right. flying across the country. Right. People try to get agents forever, and we're like, we have an agent, we have a great agent, everything's yeah. going to happen. We get there, and we have a voicemail from the While agent. you're in the sky. No, we're, now we're on the tarmac. But he, yeah, I know, he called, but he called while you're in the sky. And I listen to it, my face drops, and I hand it to Sonny, I go, this is our agent. And he's like, oh, let me listen to him, let me listen to him. And our agent is out of breath, he's at the upfronts, which is where they announce all the new fall shows. And he goes, fellas, uh, I'm at the NBC upfronts, comedy's dead, boys, we're fucked. I hope you didn't move out here. They didn't pick up shit. We're fucked. That's the message that our agent gives us. As we're here in L.A. Meaning there are no pilots. They didn't pick up any comedy shows. Only 30 Rock. And he's like, she'll hire her friends, Tina Fey, obviously. Yeah. There's nothing. And that was out of New York anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now we're here in L.A. So, so you, that, that story blows me away. Again, Yeah, that's the pheromone at work. You're landing. Right. It's the land of opportunity and dreams. And you find out that there is nothing for you there. Yeah. But the thing is, there was. We, he was just a bad agent. And we don't know what agents even do. So we thought he was being normal. For a year, we didn't go on any meetings. I was temping at State Farm Insurance for a I year. I remember you saying and that. And finally, Sonny and I were like, we have to call him and just call him out and see what's going on. And we called. And he's like, well, I'm glad you guys called. Because uh, quite frankly... Um, you know, when I, I thought I'd only be able to get you a job at NBC because Ingold uh, made the call, but uh, you know, when they weren't doing any hiring, I just kind of gave up. I don't really have the time to be getting baby writers staffed on shows. He said that. Yeah. Oh, so we're like, you couldn't. It's been a year. Like, why didn't you tell us this? Yeah. So we were fucked out here. We had to go back to the agencies who we had turned down the first time, who all were like, "Fuck you! You turned us down. Nobody turns down Endeavor, or nobody turns down whatever yeah. this agency." Yeah, is. yeah, yeah. And eventually we got onto this agency called Gersh. Many more things took place, then the career started off. Gersh. Yeah. Sounds like biting into a ripe keyword. <laughs> yeah. Gersh. Now we're at UTA. But as far as getting a job, you know, people ask how to start. You have to be good, really. And you have to get an agent. Yeah. That's it. The agent is the first step. Yeah. Anyone who thinks, oh, I can write a script and then I sh- I'll be on Parks and Rec next week. Right. You have to get an agent. You have to do a lot of things. Yeah. That you, especially in this day and age with these podcasts and the internet and everything, figure it out. Yeah. You know? they're, they're, I get really frustrated with people asking me these things. You know, I, I get, you know, first it's all the read my script and stuff. Right. I, no one ever helped me in any way. Right. So that's why my but guard kind of goes up. And then I, I do I, help I sh- people. I hope that should be encouraging. Because yes. here you are not getting help. Yeah. And fucking getting your ass handed to you a lot, getting a bad sure. agent, which is a typical Hollywood story. I sure. You move out here and your first agent just sucks yeah. or whatever. And now, but you still managed to persevere. How did you get on Always Sunny? You got the Gersh guys and they got you that job? Yeah. Oh, well, we. But actually, let me put this in here there too, to your point. The script you wrote was good. Yes. Yes. And then we wrote 10 specs for existing shows. A lot of people are like, 
hey, you want to take a look at my 10 pages of an office spec or whatever? It's like, finish a fucking script. Yeah. Finish yeah, yeah, yeah. 10 scripts before yeah. you approach somebody about it. Well, yeah, stuff. well, you guys had the fervor. You we, had the we, drive. And nothing to do. And you had nothing to do. But a lot of people have nothing to do sure. and do nothing with it. Right. We and wrote it's tons hard, of shit. It's hard to have nothing to do and find the will. Yeah. I go through days where I have nothing to do and I do nothing. Yeah, and sure. then there are times when like you have nothing to do and you find it. You yeah. find that drive and you will write a script right. and you will finish a script and you will find a partner and you will call an agent and you will follow through. Yeah. And that's what that's what got you where right. you are. Our f- Not agents, really, as no. much as a good script and they, a funny script. Yeah, they don't do much. They take a lot of your money. They, they take 10%. Much. And you, and you have make, to have one. They make 10% because they do 10%. That's what I say. Not, not even. Well, you could argue that. <laughs> but yeah. I my mean, agents listen to this show. My, agents, my <laughs> agent is... And, and a comedian agent probably does more than a writing agent. But we, we go months without speaking to our agent. You know, like they yeah. come to a taping, which is Well, nice. once you're in, then you're in. Sure. And, exactly. And now you, you basically could get by with a lawyer, probably. No, you still need that agent. Yeah, I guess so. To get paid. We got a, our first job really was on the Bill Engvall show, which uh-huh. was a, we didn't wind up taking it. But it was a TBS show that doesn't exist anymore. Right, I remember. Bill Engvall is the least funny of the blue collar guys. <laughs> I think that's on his business card. <laughs> He's the guy who comes out like, "Y'all ready to laugh?" <laughs> but it doesn't even have any jokes. <laughs> so we got this job. That was a, a late Friday night with the last meeting, and the guy was like, "Look, you guys are hired as long as this Writers Guild strike doesn't happen." Ugh. Monday, the Writers Guild strike happened. He called us. He go, "This is our, for, for our big break. You know, yeah. it's not a cool show. But we were so thrilled yeah, to have. Yeah. We went well, out. Well, you want the first thing. You yeah, need that exactly. first legit you gotta break job. In. And anyone who gives you shit about writing for a show that they don't respect or whatever, right. they'd slit their mother's throat to have that. Well, job. that's that didn't. We, how many times did we say that on yeah, outsource? It's of like, yeah, people. My friends would make fun of me on uh, for writing for outsource, and then I'd see them at the auditions. Of course, I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You want that uh, spot on that show? <laughs> you said was a piece of, of shit. Course, yeah. Of course, of course. Uh, but yeah, so we were like devastated. The writers' guild strike happened, and he called and he said, "Look, if this thing goes a long time, TBS won't have the money to bring on new writers." Yes. So I hope it doesn't for your sake. A hundred days the strike lasts. We're back temping at State Farm again. Yes. And when the strike ends, he goes, "I'm going to do my best this week to try to get you in there, but it's not looking great. We'll see if they have the extra money." And while they're trying to figure out if they can get the money together. A job on Always Sunny, one of our very favorite shows, opens up. Yes. We took that job. Yes. Uh, we went in and pitched them, killed the audit. We knew the characters. We knew the show. We wound up writing for that show for you wrote two kit- years. Kitten Mittens. Kitten Mittens and the Gas Crisis episode. Yes. These are big episodes. Big episodes. And uh, that's the wild card bitches one. And we were – that was a case of where some shitty luck made our career – Yes. Flourish because we started on a very cool show. And uh, yes. And also you didn't give up. Yeah, you have that cool credit. Yeah, if my first credit was Bill Engvall's show, I you know, that's a, that's a tough nut to crack. That is a tough nut to crack. Yeah. Uh well, I, we're we're kind of I got to go on a, to my list now because I don't want to f- trouble find you. Sex apartment, overweight Asian, <laughs> chicken, Clay-Doh. I found him. Uh make out boyfriend. Make out boyfriend? What is that? Mean? Girl with a boyfriend. Right. Ah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know my notes better than me. Couldn't be in the same room. And uh, that's all I got. That's great. Babe. Oh, we got to do God. Uh, we, we peppered in some God. Yeah, Catholic. It ruined my life. Raised Catholic. Nothing but guilt. Also saved you. Yeah, it doesn't do much for me now, although in times of great stress, I find myself saying a prayer, even though I don't consider myself in any way religious or yeah. and doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. But... Uh, it's yeah. in there. It got in there young enough that it's, it's in still there, in there. And I feel guilty more than I don't about everything. 
because yeah. I was raised Catholic. Well, we talk about that. Yeah. You and I are on a similar journey yeah. where we're trying to shed hang-ups yeah. on everything. Yes. On sex is a big one. We had that same cocktail of shame right. and guilt and STDs and yep. pregnancy and ruin your life. I got it from the church uh, and a little bit from like uh, school, like uh, sex ed and all that sort of stuff. You got it from your dad yep. and also from church and, church and also probably sex ed as well. First priority was a program at my school that I used to go to uh, that was to, to about cherishing your virginity so you got married. True Love Waits. Yeah, true, we had True Love Waits. We had the True Love Waits Bible. Yeah, we did that. Which is like, there's like probably five verses that you could... Uh, interpret to saying that you should wait. Right. And then they're dedicating the whole Bible to it. Yeah. Not a lot in numbers no. talking about and all these people the book in tru- of numbers. <laughs> all these people that were in True Love Waits are, got knocked up seconds after high school ended. Yeah. It's all bullshit. It is all bullshit. You get on Facebook, it's like, wow, she's a tremendous whore. That girl used to run this. Yeah. Every, uh, at my super religious school, every yeah. year, four-year college, every year some couple got knocked up. Yeah. And it's because... People be fucking. Sure. And Christian people be fucking without condoms because they're they're shamed into not wearing co- buying them. It's Absolute. embarrassing. Absolute. So you end up that moist hump merges right into a regular hump <laughs> and next thing you know you're you got a baby bump. Yeah. I made it rhyme. Yeah. It's a terrible thing. But we're we're, we're grown men. I'm 32, you're 31. One. Yep. And uh, we're trying now to come of age. We're trying to have those experiences that a lot of people had younger. And you know what? I wouldn't trade it for anything. No, it worked for me. It's, and it's, it and for it's working for me too, and yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, let's keep figuring it out, Patty. Love you, Pete. I love you too, man. All you right. want to say keep it crispy? That's how it ends. Keep it crispy. You want to say it like the chicken? Oh, you got to keep it crispy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Now leaving Nerdist.com.